Hello everybody, welcome to what I think is going to be a prelude to a football show that... Starring me. Starring that, that big idiot to the left of me, Nathan Kuyper. No one knows who your left or your right currently, they're listening. That's right, yeah, for, for all your audio listeners out there, which is everybody, uh, Kuiper, Nathan Kuyper over here is to my left. His immediate to- left or his far right. That's true. Ah, yeah. And either to your far right or far left is Corey. Yes. Or straight ahead of you. Or straight ahead of me. Depending yeah, upon if too. you believe in compasses or not. Or if you turn 360 degrees and walk away. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> well, no, if he turns 360 degrees and walks away, he'll walk into you. Exactly. Oh, my God. We're not talking about football. This is... this. No, we're this, ta- this we're talking straight physics. Yeah, physics and philosophy. Sorry Welcome if you to the Compass in. Cast. <laughs> the Compass Cast. Yes, I love it. No, anyway... So this is what I think is going to be a prelude to a football show we're going to be doing either closer to the season or once the season starts. Uh, after we're all so done with this, I'd like to do another episode to go over it, but we'll, we'll get into mm. that afterwards. Yeah. So this is you guys' baby, so I'm going to pass the ball over to you, and I want to hear what you guys did to come up with this whole thing. Since I'm going to be rattling off the teams, do you want to, Corey, kind of explain what we did? Sure. That took us three full days to do, probably a total of, like, what, maybe eight hours? Yeah. A lot less long than I thought it was going to take. But we started doing a free agency mock, basically, like you would do a free agent draft, or a draft mock, whatever, I can't talk right now. Um, But we went through... What we thought every team was going to do with their free agency this year, starting with the teams with the most cap space, working our way down to the people with no cap space, like Philadelphia and Pittsburgh and Miami. Uh, We did not do a lot. Actually, they ended up doing more than Mm -hmm. a lot of people because they had to cut people. Um, Shout out to the website's uh, spot rack. It's S-P-O-T rac.com um we use that to do everything if you guys are like really super huge football nerds like me and Corey are that is like the best site in the world not just for nfl they have like nba and Mm -hmm. baseball and soccer contracts and stuff and you could pretty much just go onto any team and just completely revamp any roster you want um you could uh search individual players and see how much money they've made over the course of their entire career how it compares to other players, um, all the bonuses they received, the stats they got. It's an awesome site, and that's what we used. So shout out to them. I follow them on Twitter. Oh, that's it's, a, it's a really fun Twitter follow, actually. That's a really neat site. It's, it's good that somebody put in the work to compile all that. It's crazy. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if it's just, I can't, it can't just be one no, guy. No, no, that's, that's fucking impossible. There's no way it's just one person. Um, but that's what we used, and Corey and I kind of talked a little bit before we sat down about things we were potentially going to do. And this is in no way, like, we di- we didn't sign everybody. Like, there's no. hundreds of players that we didn't sign to a team, and there's a couple players that we actually wrote down that we added to the free agency pool that didn't get signed anywhere. Not because we forgot, just be kind of, kind of because we're like, ah, you know what, this is like a 32-year-old outside linebacker. Like, someone will pick him, and who really cares? Yeah. Or if they're, like, the really young guys that are kind of just, you know, uh, practice squad. Yeah, breaking candidates. into the league. Yeah. yeah, A lot of them we had to cut for to make the moves that we did. So, Which it makes sense because they get cut to get signed on other practice squads anyway. Right. 
It's essentially, I think they saw it's something similar to like what the Chiefs did with CJ Spiller, where they cut him and re-signed him like three separate times just to move pieces around, and then they brought him back and that type of deal. Saints did that this year with uh, Jonathan Kuhn too. Right. So anyway, um, I'm going to take this over. It's going to be me talking for a little bit here at least. Um, we're just going to go through the teams alphabetically uh, and what we did, starting with who we signed, meaning who was not originally on the team, then brought onto the team. So that's the first thing. Resigned, meaning they're on the team in 2017, they're up for free agency currently, and then we re-signed them again uh, for 2018. And then restructured... Which is basically, you can do this thing in the NFL where you can pretty much move... Almost no money in the NFL is guaranteed. They're one of the few sports that tries to guarantee as little money as possible. Um, just because the the career length of an average NFL player is like 3.5 years. So you don't really want to guarantee a lot of money. But what a lot of teams do is they restructure contracts. Meaning they take a lot of the bonus money that some of these athletes are supposed to get. And they move it back maybe a year or two and attribute it to, okay, if you're on the roster at this point, we'll give you this money. And a lot of teams just do it, actually. Antonio Brown did it a couple years, a couple days ago for the Steelers, so that's kind of the way it works. It saves teams a lot of money. Um, yeah. So anyway, we're going to start right away. We're going to start with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, have they're one of two teams that have no quarterbacks under contract for 2018. If you look up on SpotRike, they have zero quarterbacks. That's amazing. So we signed them, Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. That is a really interesting fit. Yeah, they, they, they signed Teddy Bridgewater. We gave him $10 million. Um, uh, it was a prove-it contract, you know. Just it, Yes, one, it was a one-year $10 million deal. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, they re-signed Blaine Gabbert, who was their primary quarterback last year, who didn't do terrible, but he's not that great. He's, he, he needs a better backup. Yeah. Um, they re-signed John Brown, who's one of my favorite receivers when he's healthy. Um, and they restructured Jermaine Gresham. Uh, to save about $2 million. Like I said, we're not going to go over everybody. These are just like the really, really like big names for each individual team. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, which is not what Corey has written here, and I'm not going to say what he has written here. Um, mostly re-signings here. Uh, re-signing Adrian Claiborne, re-signing Taylor Gabriel, re-signing Sean Witherspoon, and restructuring Alex Mack. That's pretty much it. A lot of that Atlanta defensive line is we had hit free agency. Um, they also, I think they had Dwight Freeney still, and I think Dwight's retiring. Um, next is the Baltimore Ravens. Again, these are teams that don't have a lot of money, so we really didn't do anything super crazy. Uh, re-signing Ryan Jensen, their center. Alex Collins, their running back, who actually played pretty well last year. Brent Urban, who I believe is one of their offensive linemen, I think. I think, so. I think he was their tackle that they used. I think the news came out the other day that they were re-signing him. Right. Um, we released Brashad Perriman because he sucks. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Danny Woodhead because he's really old. I was actually surprised. Danny Woodhead's like, what, 34? Mm-hmm. It's, I was really uh, yeah. surprised how For old Danny Woodhead was. somebody who can't stay healthy, I'm surprised he's still in the league. Right. And then we restructured Joe Flacco because Joe Flacco makes about $20 million more than he deserves. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm just going to say that. Okay, now we get to the Buffalo Bills. Um, re-signed EJ Gaines. Re-signed to Jordan Matthews. Uh, Nick O'Leary, who... It's a fun fact. He is the son of golf legend Jack Nicklaus. Oh, yeah. Nick, o- Nick O'Leary's mom is the daughter of Jack Nicklaus. It's actually pretty cool. He was at a lot of the. He was at the Buffalo Bills playoff game against the Jaguars, I believe. Oh, they kept showing cool. him. Uh, and then Preston Brown, who's a really good middle linebacker, they have. Um, so this happened before they actually did it. I had them signing Chris Ivory. Yeah. And then about eight hours later, they signed Chris Ivory. 
Yeah, that, that was pretty amazing. I saw that. So yeah, that was a that was a fun. Corey <laughs> messaged me. He's like, I didn't even want to do that, and you like convinced me to do it. I'm like, oh, it's I, I, I think just, it like, makes whatever at this point. I'm just gonna. I think like, it makes decent. Yeah, sense. it's whatever. It's whatever. Oh yeah. So Carolina Panthers, they re-signed Julius Peppers. Now this is something we don't normally do. Julius Peppers is really old. I think he's like 38. Yeah. Um, but he expressed interest to play again. If we, if there was a player that was an older player that has openly expressed interest to play, we tried to sign them. If not, we almost we cut virtually every player that was over the age of 35. That's not named Tom Brady or Drew Brees. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but it's a one-year deal. It's like a four million dollar deal. They also signed us. I'm gonna butcher this name. I believe it's Star Lotulale. I believe is his name. He's a really good defensive lineman. Uh, Jarius Bird, the safety, who I feel like just four years ago led the league in interceptions, and now he's like been on and off the field. Restructured Thomas Davis, who's another player who's really old, but he said he's playing for one more year, so they signed a little bit of money there. Uh, we have them losing uh, Jonathan Stewart to free agency and signing Doug Martin to be the backup yeah. to Christian McCaffrey. Which is an interesting thing because it's also an in-division signing. Which happens a lot, though. Yeah. Like, that happens quite a bit mm-hmm. in the NFL. Um, where... Especially when there's things like Doug Martin, who got a big contract, what, two years ago? And then cut yeah. suddenly. He, I think he got suspended four games last year, then he missed time this year. Okay, now we get to the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears had a lot of money. Um, so this is the first team where a lot of stuff is going to happen. So... Chicago Bears re-signed Mark Sanchez to a backup quarterback deal, like $2 million deal. They let Mike Glennon go. Um, he's pretty much just a cat casualty. Josh Sitton, who's a guard. Dontrell Inman, who they traded for. So we kind of assumed that they're not going to move on from Dontrell Inman just after they just traded him. Plus, their receiving core is really bad. Pat O'Donnell, uh, Cairo Santos to be their kicker. Yeah, that's um, cool. Which is pretty cool. Kyle Fuller was franchise-tagged. Yes. By them. So we have that in there, which is 12.5. He's a really good corner. And then Cameron Meredith, who was hurt last year. He's another, like, semi-decent receiver they have. He was really good the one year. Uh, I think it was the year Alshon Jeffrey was still Alshon Jeffrey's last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Alshon went out that year with the PED suspension. Meredith came in and kind of took over. And then last year he had an early injury in the season mm-hmm. and kind of kept him out most of it. And they also have Kevin White who has not, ever since he's been drafted like two, three years ago, has not been able to get on the field. But apparently right now he looks like Bruce Lee. Like he's been like rehabbing really well, so hopefully they get him back. That's good. Signing is former New Orleans Saint and a favorite of my friend here, Corey, is Kenny Vaccaro to come in and play safety. And trading for Jarvis Landry. So Jarvis Landry, his we have him landing in Chicago. That would be a big deal. Of all, of, it'd be a huge deal. Um, yeah, that that would be a huge you, boost for a team I considerably hate. Yeah, you add Jarvis Landry <laughs> to a team that already has, you know, Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen. You have guys like Cameron Meredith, guys like Dontrell Inman, who are more suited to be twos and threes versus ones, which is what they have been. Um, Chicago follows this. They're actually, I could see that team winning like eight games next year if yeah. they do exactly what we have here. They're a team that's going to slowly improve. Yeah. Um, they, they've been definitely rebuilding. Oh yeah, Cincinnati, another team that doesn't have a lot, so we kind of uh, we skimped here a little bit. Um, re-signing Kevin Huber, re-signing Russell Bodine, re-signing uh, Jarvian Williams. A lot of these uh, like remedial players they need just for like depth. They're a really yeah. old team. 
They signed a Denzel Good, who is a left tackle that we released from the Colts, and I'll explain why in a second. Um, and Tom Savage to be a backup because we have A.J. McCarron going to the Browns in a little bit, and I believe that the Browns are actually next. So A.J. McCarron gets a $15 million deal to come in and compete with the bevy of other quarterbacks that Cleveland has to potentially get a deal. Uh, A.J. was there with Hugh for a couple years, at least one year, I believe, and he likes him. But there was that story, this uh, trade deadline, that he was going to get traded to the Browns, but there was the paperwork didn't get in on time. Classic wow. Browns. Yep. Um, they also re-sign re- Isaiah Crowell. He's a pretty solid run. I, I would say he's, he's in like that second, third tier running back in the yeah, league. Yeah, yeah, he's he serviceable. Gets, he gets a solid 50 yards in the first half, and then at that point the Browns are in the hole and can't run the ball as much. They yep. put And they put in Duke Johnson. Yeah. Also signing is Dontari Poe, who's one of the offen- uh, defensive linemen from Arizona. I'm sorry, Atlanta that we let go. Reggie Nelson, who's another Cincinnati player. So we have them poaching essentially two players from the Cincinnati Bengals, which I think we talked about. Teams in the division mm-hmm. doing yeah. that a lot. Yeah, wasn't Reggie Nelson on? Oh, you know Oakland what? He was year. originally on the Bengals. Last year he played for Oakland. Okay, yeah. okay, that, that was corrected. Yeah. Dallas Cowboys. We have one thing written for the Dallas Cowboys: restructure Des Bryant, and that is it. And so, I didn't even think that should happen. Yeah, I Des re- is restructuring. The, the, I think Dallas had like a million dollars in cap space, but not a lot of their contracts are up next year. So we just said, you know what, just. Work around Dez. You have a really good team. Draft a couple good players. Dallas will be fine. Da- yeah. Dallas is a good team. They'll, they'll, they'll have at least, a, at least an eight yeah. season. But they have right. a tough division coming up. So we got the Denver Broncos. They won the consolation prize to the Kirk Cousin lottery, and they took away Case Keenum instead. Yes. $19 million. Um, Denver also lo- uh, releases Aqib Tlaib, who is a good corner... He's not the best corner on the team. They have, to, I, in my opinion, they have two better corners than him. Even though he's like the number two on the team, Akib gets into a lot of fights. Yeah, and he's also a little older. He's a big personality. Yeah, and they can get a player who's similar in age and similar in skill level and Jonathan Joseph, but for five million dollars cheaper. So we gave them Jonathan Joseph from the Texans, mm-hmm. I believe. Okay. Also a former Bengal, actually. Then we go to the Detroit Lions. Another team that doesn't have a lot to work with, uh, they re-signed Greg Robinson, who was originally a draft pick from the St. Louis Rams, who is no longer with the team. Well, at the time, they were the St. Louis Rams. They signed Brian Cushing, who was released by the Texans due to a lot of suspensions and injuries. And Carlos Hyde yeah, that is, is released. very interesting because I mean, that's the piece that... Running back is the piece that line, the Lions have been missing for years. Mm. Uh, like a true, to... a true, like... First, second down, yeah. running back. Amir Abdullah has not worked. No. Theo Riddick's pretty much a slot they're, receiver they're, lining up in the backfield. They're both pass-catching backs. Yeah. There's there's no... You're putting all of that... All mm-hmm. of that weight in the passing game. And, like, right. that's one of their bigger issues. Yeah. Signing Carlos Hyde's huge for them. And you can get him for cheap. And I feel like he... He's not... He's himself is not an every-down back. He's just not capable of it. He's not the pass-catcher. Yeah. And he's not too good at pass blocking, at least in my opinion. But I feel like a rotation with him, Abdullah, and Riddick could be pretty good for the Lions. It'll so, help, yeah. for sure. All right. Then we get to... All right, this one makes... We're, we're, we're going to be talking about this one, but just, go ahead. Jusby's Packers. Uh, let's start with this. Um, they signed Mike Wallace, 
Yeah. Who's okay. a vertical threat, pretty much just a speed guy. I have a problem with that. Um, reason being... We'll continue. Reason being... Oh, we'll get to that, I guess, in a second. Uh, Mike Wallace. Paul Pazlesny, who is sort of the aging, getting pushed out by the youth linebacker in Jacksonville. Yeah. Um, but he's a solid guy. He, I don't think he's ever... I've never heard a story about Paul Pazlesny, like... Either playing poorly, he's always one of the higher. Uh, he's one of those linebackers in the league that you don't hear a lot about, but then you always see him on like the top tacklers in the league. And like, who the hell is this guy? But he's a really good player. Yeah. Akeem Talib ends up ending ends up on the Green Bay Packers uh-huh. in that backfield, along with Haha Clinton Dix and Kevin King, and then they also re-sign Morgan Burnett, who's a pretty darn good safety, but he's always hurt. Always. So your but backfield, that's, that's the backfield, pretty much sport. becomes Morgan Burnett. Uh, Akeem Tlaib, uh, Haha Clinton Dix, who's one of the better safeties in the league, and uh, we'll get to uh, their pick in a second. But the reason Jusby's really upset is because we have them releasing Jordy Nelson. Now, I think releasing Jordy Nelson is an inevitability. I actually am not that upset with it. I am more upset about the signing of Mike Wallace. Why is that? Because he is not that good at all, and he, I think it is a a worse replacement for Jordy Nelson. I don't think he's a okay. To defend our decision, we don't. We're not putting Mike Wallace on the Packers to replace Jordy Nelson. Devontae Adams is replacing Jordy Nelson. Randall Cobb is certainly not a number two receiver, and you've seen that. No, Randall Cobb's the drag route like slot guy. guy. But Mike Wallace is still really fast. Yeah, and. At the end of the day, you have a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers who pretty much throws Hail Marys at will. And I just feel like a guy like Wallace, who can come in on third down and long, can help out a guy like Devontae. He's not replacing Jordy. Devontae is technically replacing Jordy Nelson. Technically. But I, I understand that Mike Wallace is kind of a one-trick pony, washed-up receiver. And yeah, that's my problem. We're getting him. rid of Jordy, so I understand. I think I think just because Jordy's a bigger guy, like I don't know it. It works better because like Devontae's still fast, and yes, Cobb is still fast. Yeah. So you're what? Throw another fast receiver on there. Hey, I mean you got to get something right. You don't have a... up the top, takes the top off the defense. Mm-hmm. Especially since you don't have Jared Cook anymore. So, that's the one thing Rodgers wanted and they didn't give it to him. Yep. Anyway, um, and plus, I mean, dude, it saves $10 million. Like, yeah, that's, we, that's when we did thing. that, we were like, wow. Like, we were, because we were, for a long time, we were considering either cutting Jordy or cutting Randall Cobb. Yeah, they, they, and they Jordy, Jordy. The $10 million is huge for a team that pretty much has to go all in the next two, three years if they want to get Rodgers a championship before he potentially either feels like leaving or it the, the Packers well just runs dry with this yeah. young talent so um that's primarily why we, now we go to the Texans not a lot of big names on this list a lot of just re-signings for the Texans um Shane Leckler their punter Andre Ellington who's like a slot receiver guy who can kind of play a little bit of a uh, running back Bruce Ellington another receiver TJ Yates backup quarterback we're assuming uh, Deshaun's going to be back week one, and they're not really going to need to go get some huge name backup quarterback. No. Uh, Brino Giacomini, who is their left tackle, Marcus Williams, Chris Clark. These are all like offensive line, defensive line guys. They signed Kevin Minter, who is a linebacker from Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And they signed safety Ron Parker 
who played for the Chiefs last year, he played a lot of... He played most of the season primarily because... Um, uh, I, why, why is his name slipping my mind? Safety for Kansas City. Eric Berry. Eric Berry, yeah. yeah um, sure. Eric Berry missed virtually the entire season. So they saw a lot of Ron Parker. He played okay. He wasn't... So, now we get to the Indianapolis Colts. Um, this they, is where a little bit of Kuiper's WWE drama. Yeah, I'm 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 a sucker for like drama and sensationalism, and I am 100% convinced that the Colts are out to get the Patriots. Like that they're just so ticked off at the fact that Josh McDaniels just decided to nope out of their head coaching deal. Yeah. Um so we'll start with this. The Colts release uh Denzel Good, DeAndre Smelter, Drez Anderson, a lot of these uh remedial guys. They uh, re-signed Dante Moncrief. I'm not a fan of Dante Moncrief. Me neither. He but, only performs when Andrew Luck's on the yeah, field. And, and you're going to hope that Andrew Luck's on the field right. this year. And he's he's really... the only. I feel like the only reason Dante's any good is because you have T.Y. Hilton on the other side, who's like a top 10 receiver. So We also have Jack Muhort, who I believe is a guard yeah. that they might let hit free agency. Um, I have the Colts signing Nate Solder. Pro solely because they want to get him off of the Patriots. And it's a $13 million deal. And then they also sign Sheldon Richardson, who's going to be one of the many... I mean, maybe not now, but at the time we were doing this, I felt like he was going to be one of the big cap casualties of Seattle, who Seattle was just not going to have the money to afford him. They probably do now. But at the time, I had Sheldon Richardson going there, um, pretty much revamping the offense... Pretty much completely redoing the entire offensive line of the Colts. Um, putting Nate Solder in left tackle, who's one of the best left tackles in the league, moving Costanzo, who's there now, over to right tackle, who's he's clearly better than the right tackle they have, um, and helping out Andrew Luck quite a bit. Who is Denzel Good? Who is Den- Yeah, Denzel Good was the guy we, we talked about earlier who we released from the Colts. Um, Jacksonville, again, this is one of those things where we disagreed originally but i think what ended up happening was what ended up happening with the jaguars we both really liked we re-signed chad henney backup quarterback to blake Mm -hmm. um jacksonville has two receivers hitting free agency this year marquise lee and alan robinson and we have them keeping marquise lee and that's it yeah i can see it um like that that one made sense to me because yeah i mean marquise lee's probably gonna be the eventual better Mm -hmm. talent anyway you just right and we also signed Probably a little cheaper. Right. And we also signed Frank Gore um as sort of like a a back well we're, they're losing Chris Ivory. Yeah. So you want a guy you want at least a third guy there and you have Frank Gore there. I also weighed the idea of San Fran giving him like a one year deal. Yeah, to potential. I, but I think Frank can play one more season. He can. This will be his ver- last though for sure. Versus like yeah, so like a year from now in two thousand nineteen. I think is when Frank Gore signs the contract with the Niners to retire a 49er. I think that's what ends up happening. It, okay. it could be this year, but I don't think it'll be this year. No. Let me get to the Chiefs. Um, our friend Matt potentially uh, might be upset or might not be upset, depending upon uh, what he hears here. I know uh, for sure Tobin will be upset. Tobin's going to be upset. Tobin's no- going to yeah. Tobin will be upset no matter what you do. Don't worry yeah, about it. It doesn't matter what we do. Um, a lot of the remedial sort of backup players are released. Ashton Lampkin... Uh, Sheldon Price. These are all like six-figure guys in the NFL that that don't really contribute much. Um, they signed Justin Pugh, who is a guard coming out of the Giants. He is being replaced 
by potentially Carolina Panthers guard Norwell, who I think that's like pretty much a done deal already. And they're probably just going to let Pew hit free. Who's a, he's a decent guard. Um, and with the ridiculous amount of offensive line issues the Chiefs had like in the middle portion of the year, I feel like it's a really good move. Yeah, it makes sense. I like it. They also signed Justin Bethel, who is a corner uh, from Arizona, primarily because they let Marcus Peters go. I don't really know why. I mean, I know why, but it's dumb. I, I don't. I, I hate. I hated that. Yeah, and then they Such resigned. They resigned Dustin Colquitt because you need to, so the Colquitt Bowl could still be a potential thing. Yeah. Uh, Chargers. The only thing we have here: restructure Philip Rivers. A lot of these older quarterbacks we have restructuring their deals. Um, primarily just because these are probably their last deals, and you can wait the last year or two of their contracts. Resigning Terrell Williams, who's come in with the, what outside of last year, the, the two previous years to Keenan Allen's injuries, Tyrell Williams has come in and played safe uh, uh, receiver pretty well for the Chargers. Yeah, they can use him as the slot receiver, and he's he's a big guy too to be throwing in the slot. He's a good, he's a pretty decent route runner. Having him, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams. Mike Williams on the field. And Hunter Henry, yeah, of course. Yeah, Hunter um, Antonio Gates, probably going to play one more season for the Chargers. That's it. Uh, another one of those cheap, you know, retire Charger deal, like, you know, $5 million. Trey Boston, who's a pretty darn good safety uh, hitting free agency. We have them retaining him, so for, like, about $9 million. Um, that The backfield, the defensive backfield for the Chargers didn't get a lot of publicity this year. It was really, really good. Um, with Verrett and him and former Green Bay Packer, you know. Casey. K- yeah, Casey Hayward. He was the number one rated corner in the league this year, former Green Bay Packer. <laughs> we, I, I, uh, that's not going to happen anymore, I don't think. Thank God. With yeah. The, with the changing around we've done, I don't think it happens like that anymore. I don't think so. Any, I don't think either. Um, the, Rams, the Rams have done a whole bunch of... <laughs> Since we did this, the only thing we have on here is re-signing Sammy Watkins. But the Rams have done a whole bunch. They let go of Alec Ogletree. They uh, they just traded him to the Giants for a like a fourth and a fifth round pick, something, something like that. something crazy like that. We assume. I think it's a next year's second. Yeah, we assumed that the Rams are primarily going to use a lot of their cap space to try to get um, a deal done for uh, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. I mean, the guy's probably the best defensive player in the NFL. Like, his statistics are just off the charts. Um, so we, the only thing we did was re-sign Sammy Watkins in that mindset. So I guess our our minds were in the right place that the, 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 C, that the Rams were pretty much just going to be trying to cut salary or try to hold on to it as much to sign Donald. We yeah. just thought that we don't know what's going to happen with Watkins yet. He they, he's, he's not been franchise tagged. They used it on Joiner. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I can see them signing Sammy, but I can also see uh, the coach going, hey, yeah. like I could manufacture offense. Yeah. Like, there were games last year where Sammy Watkins wasn't even thrown at one time, and they scored like 30. Because Jared Goff's the best quarterback. Oh, anyway, moving on. <laughs> okay, so the the Miami Dolphins were the lowest team. On they had like negative eighteen million dollars in cap space. We fixed a lot of that by trading Jarvis Landry to the, the Bears, Bears, which is going to happen. Like Jarvis Landry will be traded 
and it'll save whatever... The, 15 million or yeah, something. 15, 16, 16 million. So. He's going to be the highest paid wide receiver this year under that. Technically, yeah. He, he would be, because of the way the franchise tag works, yeah, Jarvis Landry would be the, the highest paid. Since uh, Antonio Brown just restructured. Yes. Um, Lawrence Timmons uh, has been sort of thrown out there as a potential trade, potential, like, cut. He had some sort of weird incident with the team this year where he was just MIA for a game. He just didn't show up and didn't tell anybody he wasn't going to be there. And then he Derek Rose. He pretty much Derek Rose, the Miami Dolphins. And uh, he, I can imagine that he's not going to return to them. Um, again, we're just trying to save a lot of money here. We restructured Ryan Tannehill, who this could, depending upon how the draft goes, this could pretty much be the last time we ever see Ryan Tannehill as the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. And all, all of that movement and, and restructuring and trading, the only thing they do is they re-sign Damian Williams, who became, he and Kenyon Drake, really, like, once Jay Ajahi was gone, those two, like, played really, really well for Miami, like, both of them. Like, they, they I, I guess, like, Miami kind of knew that, you know, I mean, Jay's pretty good, but apparently they knew that the two guys behind them were were you know, well enough. Um, so Minnesota, um, nothing but re-signings. The only quarterback that the Vikings retain is Sam Bradford for 17 million. We talked about case and we talked about Teddy. Uh, they keep Kai Forbath, uh, Tremaine Brock, Jarek McKinnon. So do they, so do they just go forward with Sam Bradford? Yeah, he was, yeah, he, he said, when he played the year before, he, he was set good. the completion percentage record that Drew Brees just broke last year again. And that was prior to them getting um, Latavius Murray and Dalvin Cook for the run game. And plus, two years ago, Minnesota's offensive line was really bad. Yeah. So, uh, they can go forward with Sam Bradford. As long as they can keep him up on his feet, he should be. Mm-hmm. He's probably better than Kirk Cousins, in my opinion. I'll disagree with that, but... Um, I mean, and and then of course, a lot less expensive than Kirk Cousins. Yeah, seriously. Um, and then Jarek McKinnon, we're pretty much bringing Jarek in. He's a good receiving back, and plus, you don't know what's going to happen with Dalvin Cook, especially. I mean, he the kid got injured in this third. He played okay the first two three weeks. He didn't have a very good game against Pittsburgh, but he had a good opening day. He had a good week three. He got hurt. Latavius and Jarek came in in relief and like played really well. Yeah. So I don't think. The Vikings are are banking on. Oh yeah, we're just going to turn the whole thing over to Cook. They want to keep Jarek McKinnon, I think, just in case. So the Patriots. Um, one thing again. This was a this was a two. This was a two for three thing. Uh, releasing Martellus Bennett, which happened. They did do that, or they're planning on doing that. Well, and releasing Dwayne Allen. Uh, uh, we think Dwayne Allen. They. Patriots did a thing this year with their quarterback or their tight ends when they signed them that they didn't guarantee them any money um, at all. So they could, Zero. they could cut ties with both Dwayne Allen and Martellus Bennett and pay them not even a nickel. That's nutty. The Patriots do really smart things. <laughs> the pa- <laughs> the Patriots just do incredibly intelligent things. Like that that is nutty. Yeah. Okay. Uh. I have we have Greg Robinson signed here. Was that? But, but we already had him signed to the tr- Detroit. I was going to bring that up. When, okay, we so uh, we made a mistake. All right, yeah, that's I, fine. When I said 
we when we were going through this, I saw an article that said the Detroit Lions really like Robinson. That was the headline of the article. I didn't really click on it. I was like, oh, Greg Robinson. They just traded for him last year. And then I opened it up later at a later date, and they were talking about their defensive tackle, Ashawn Robinson. <laughs> Don't the, I think the oh, Lions yeah. have like three players named Robinson? Yeah. So it's a little. Uh, we did New England after Detroit, and we decided that we're going to put Greg Robinson in New England, where he's just going to have a career best year, basically, as left tackle to replace replace Nate Solder. Right. Uh, because that's what people do when they go to the Patriots. They just get into that work mentality. And just, and they do really well. And they do really well. Guys like Martellus Bennett, who, uh... Yeah. He's, uh... Should probably... <laughs> uh, and then anything else for the Patriots? They re-signed Rex Burkhead. They re-signed Danny Amendola. That um, was... That make, yeah. Yeah. Makes yeah, sense. That's all I think. Stuff. I think Danny Amendola needs resigned. Yeah, because he was sensational in the playoffs. He, he'll he'll have another excellent year. Yeah, coming up. I'm not that. I was thinking about Danny Amendola today, and he did okay. But they have Brandon Cooks. They'll have Julian Edelman coming back. Hopefully, they saw, or they traded for Philip Dorsett. They have Rex Burkhead, who plays halfback, and uh, he can play slot receiver. Right. James White. James White. Uh, they don't really need... If they don't want to give the money to him, they won't. Right. All right, so next is the Saints. I'll just let... Corey can do the same. I mean, when, when when we got to the Saints and the Steelers, we pretty much just each just did it ourselves. So I'll let Corey take yeah, over for the, your, your for the Saints. Your Steelers one is extensive. We're going to get to that soon. <laughs> it really is. Uh, starting off for the Saints, I had them restructure both Kobe Fleener and Taron Armstead. I really like Taron Armstead. He's one of the most athletic left tackles in the game, but he can't stay on the field. But he's phenomenal when he's on the field. I'm hoping that we could restructure him, give him some guaranteed money. Uh, and then, for the good of the team, since we got so close last year, maybe it'll take a little guaranteed money, bonus money discount. And then Kobe Fleener, who just hasn't really worked out for us. He was supposed to be a replacement for Jimmy Graham, and he just can't seem to catch the ball, can't find his place on the field, especially with uh, Josh Hill and um, Michael, who blocking for their sensational run game. Um, we signed Drew Brees to... A hometown discount of twenty three million. He's gonna be a saint. Like they're 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 going to find a way to people sitting around waiting. Like, oh man, what's gonna happen with Drew Brees? If you honestly don't believe Drew Brees is gonna be a saint, you're you're he's gonna be a you're saint. A, you're a moron. He's like, gonna be a saint for the rest of his career. Right. Uh, we have them signing Alex Okafor, who had a oh, sensational year up until he tore his Achilles uh, on the opposite side of Cameron Jordan this year. Uh, Brandon Coleman. Brandon Coleman. It, we had a choice between Brandon Coleman and Willie Sneed. Uh, Brandon Coleman really found his groove. He loves to block downfield for our running backs. Uh, Willie Sneed had fo- had trouble finding his way onto the field this year because of the new way the offense went. Um, 
we re-signed Senio Clemetti, who was great this year. He literally filled in anywhere on the line that we needed him. We had some injuries here and there. Like I said, uh, Taron Armstead had it, got injured. Um, Andrus Peake got injured in the playoffs. He just was able to fill in anywhere. He was invaluable to the team this year. Uh, Gerald Hodges, a linebacker. The Saints have been trying to find a linebacker for a while. He did really good uh, in coverage this year. Trying to replace Jonathan Vilma. Mm-hmm. Been trying to. And that's about it for the Saints. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, mostly just re-signings, restructuring. If you're a good team, that's pretty much what you do. Uh, New York Giants. Uh, we talked about Andrew Norwell, They're the guard for the Panthers. They bring him in. They restructure Eli for the same reason we restructured Phillip Rivers and all the other guys. Uh, you re-sign Orleans Darquois, who was a decent, for what it's worth in, the, in New York, who they have probably the worst running game in the entire NFL. For what it's worth, he had a couple good games. And then Devin Kennard is that pretty much just run-of-the-mill for the Giants. The New York football Jets win the Kirk Cousins sweepstakes. I can't believe you threw Kirk Cousins to die. I can't believe you. Listen. It's pretty much, here's what it comes down to. Kirk Cousins has a choice to either, I'm going to go to the place that's going to give me the most money, or I'm going to go, and and I'll just be the starter there for the next five, six, seven years, or I can go to a team that's going to be really good, I'll take less money, but the team is so good and there's so much money in other places that we're probably going to compete for a championship in 2018, and then after that we're not going to be very good because I'm really expensive. So, Also, when we looked at this, um, we took in consideration that uh, the Brady train doesn't have very many tracks left. No, it, it's it's got a. So he's going to be the years. best quarterback in the AFC East easily in the next couple years, uh, and then it's also easier to make the playoffs in the AFC exactly. than it is in the NFC. And if you went to the NFC East, you're going to get paid twenty eight million dollars to be the third best quarterback in the NFC North. Right. Yeah, but he would be. He'd be the third best. He'd be the third best quarterback in a lot. Of the divisions in the league, like he'd be third, he'd be third potentially fourth best in the NFC West if he went to Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, Corey said in the NFC North, you know, you'd be, um, you'd be the third best. He he would. I, I mean, there's no team in the NFC uh, South that's looking at him. He's better than Jameis, but there's three guys better than him there, and yeah. I just think it's. I really like Kirk Cousins. Me too. I think he's a top. 12 top 15 quarterback in the league. You don't you don't have completion percentage numbers of 69, 67 and 64% on a really crappy team. That's nice. Right, it is. And you don't have those type of numbers and he's thrown for almost 5000 yards in a season. You don't have those numbers and not be good? Yeah. I just think that he's he was just in a terrible situation on a team that didn't want him. Uh and the Jets Kind of how Corey said, and that was kind of the point that Corey told me that really, like, swung me, I guess you could say, is that if he goes to the Jets and the Jets are even remedially good, or remedially good, you can make the playoffs in the AFC at 9-7. And, and how many games did we watch the Jets play this year that we counted them out and they just 
came in and, you know, they yeah. beat the Jags this year. It'd be really, really interesting if the Jets were good again. I just have no faith. None. The, uh, Jets won six games this year. Yeah. Six. Six games they probably shouldn't have won. And they lost ten games, and probably there's about four, three to four of those ten games. They could have easily won. Yeah. With Kirk there, I think you easily add another four onto that. Yeah, now yeah, that gives Jets you ten. Been, that gives mm-hmm. you a ten win season. That's they're not a bad odds. team. They just haven't had a quarterback the entirety yeah. of last year. Remember, remember when Fitz Magic was there and they were ten win team and they yeah. made the playoffs. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's they're that close. Um, the other big name that they signed is Malcolm Butler, which is yeah. another little bit That's, of a, a drama thing. You know the. All and, the stuff that happened with him and the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and then he goes off to play with the Jets. There's no way he stays after that. No, he's none, leaving. None. 100%. Um, speaking of, and we'll get to that when we get to the draft. Uh, if that happens, and then the draft pick that the Jets nail, uh, Jets could have a pretty darn good secondary uh, pending. That would be interesting. Um, re-signing Benjamin I, I, Ijelana, I think he's their right tackle, Chandler Cantanzaro, Morris Claiborne, another corner. He'd be the slot guy. Austin Safarian Jenkins, who's a good tight end. Uh, Jonathan Harrison, Wesley Johnson. These are all guys that... But the two big ones, Malcolm Butler and Kirk Cousins. And um, reciting their uh, offensive linemen. Yes. Uh, we are... It's pretty much confirmed Muhammad Wilkerson is leaving. So mm-hmm. we, we factored that in. Uh, the Raiders. Not much for the Raiders. Um, releasing Donald Penn. He's a left tackle. He's really old. And he really lost a step last year. Resigning Navarro Bowman. Uh, signing T.J. Ward, which the Raiders' defense is really, really bad. So you put him out there with um, that other second-year safety they took or third-year safety they took. I can never remember his name. I, uh, I thought Neil. Uh, uh, Keanu, I always remember Keanu Neal. I never remember the other guy. Mm-hmm. Keanu Neal plays for the Falcons. I can never remember the other guy's name. Um, he's a good. He's pretty good safety, though. Philadelphia, this was a team that, again... We didn't know that they were going to somehow, some way, find a way to get Michael Bennett. I don't know how they're doing that. Yeah, I, but that's incredible. Which pretty much means they're going to be releasing or restructuring way more people than we have here. Um, <laughs> I'm just looking at the Steelers one that's next, and it's hilarious. I've so, oh my god, it's so funny. Um, restructuring Malcolm Jenkins. He's an older safety. I I think he's played there his entire career. And coming off of a Super Bowl, I feel like he take a little bit of a pay cut just so that they can kind of keep a lot of these guys. Um, releasing Jason Peters. We're, they're not going to release Jason Peters. He'll probably retire. If you tear your ACL and you're over 34 years old and you play left tackle, you're probably going to retire. Yeah. Um, Torrey Smith, they release. Wendell Smallwood, who they don't even need at running back anymore. And Rashard Davis um, and other releases. Okay. So, here's Pittsburgh. A lot of these guys... Pittsburgh has a lot of practice squad people. Um, primarily because, I don't know, we're just idiots, I guess. Um, here are the, I guess, the big releases that I did. A lot of these guys are practice squad people, so. Um, releasing Mike Mitchell, he's awful. I hate Mike Mitchell, he's terrible. He's one of the big reasons why I feel like our team wasn't very good this year. Um, but that's another conversation. (coughs) J.J. Wilcox, he's a backup safety, he isn't very good either. Um, William Gay is probably going to retire. I don't think they'd release him because he provides good depth. He's a veteran. He's probably more or less just going to retire. Um, Vance McDonald, which is another bust tight end trade that the Steelers have attempted. That's two that they've tried and it didn't work. Uh, And Cody Sensabaugh is another backup 
corner that we had to bring in because of Joe Hayden's injury uh, that I think they release. Lawrence Timmons, who originally uh, was a Pittsburgh Steeler, then went to the Miami Dolphins because of all the problems with the Miami Dolphins. The Steelers like to do this thing where they bring back former players. I feel like that would be a good place for him to go, especially because of the injury to Ryan Shazier. Lawrence Timmons can pretty much immediately come in and immediately start. Yeah. In in the place of Ryan Shazier. He knows the defense. It's not much different. You know, he could come right in and play. Uh, you restructure Ben Roethlisberger. That didn't happen. Instead, it was Antonio Brown, but the thought was there. Uh, and then to provide some depth at corner, I signed Prince Amukamara, who's... I think that's... Awesome. Yeah, he's he's a former. He was really drafted by, I believe, he was drafted by the Giants. Yeah, it was the Giants. The former Giant, former Bear. He played there last year. Played on the Jags. He did play on the Jags. He's a former. Last year, he was opposite of Kyle Fuller. Um, he's pretty much like a number two guy, and he's not terrible. I just think that he provides depth, and he could come in and either play the two across from Joe Hayden, or potentially be a slot guy. Let Artie Burns be the number two corner. Joe Hayden's obviously the number one corner, and he could be. I think he would easily be a, a, a very a huge signing for the Steelers. But that's not yeah. going to happen because we're going to spend all of our money trying to keep Le'Veon Bell. Uh. Um, so here's a fun one. This is the 49ers. I pretty, I probably in my free time, I probably redid the 49ers roster like five times because I think they're just such a fun team now mm-hmm. with Jimmy. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. Resigning Eric Reed. This was another team that had a lot of cap space, so. Um, re-signing Eric Reed. Uh, they actually just signed, re-signed Marquise Goodwin. Yes. I which like, I think is a uh, great idea. He's, like he's a, yeah, he's a really I like good, a uh, I think if you can, if you pair him, which we'll talk about that, if you pair him <gasps> with a couple people, I think that this offense could be really, really insane. So they re-signed Eric Reed. He's a really good safety. Um, there was talk about potentially, uh, releasing him because he was one of the anthem protesters, but that's kind of quieted down. I think that... That's a progressive enough organization, and they're in California, which is a. Let's be honest. There's no probably no more liberal state than California. Yeah. Um, that they're going to be okay with keeping him. Uh, so here are the signings. Let's start with the one that's the least amount of money. Luke Jokel, who's a former, my goodness, he's a former second overall pick to the Jaguars. He was a tackle, but he's transitioned to guard. Um. He was on the Seahawks last year. Yeah, he was. He was one of the. Many attempts that the Seahawks took to repair their offensive line, which didn't happen. Uh, he comes in to play guard for like a season, $8 million, potentially play only there for like a year if they try to get another guy on their practice squad to work up. Next is Jimmy Graham. Holy shit! Um, ah, I love it. Jimmy Graham, who is potential, who's most likely going to be leaving Seattle, um, signs with... I would even consider them to be arch rival uh, 49ers for about a nine million dollar. He's actually when we when we were looking that up, he's old. He's like thirty two. He's like thirty one, thirty two. He's yeah. been in the league for a really long time. It doesn't feel like that, but that's that's a thing. This is his third contract, so it makes sense. Yeah, um, Tremaine Johnson, who is another player from within the division. Uh, the Rams had him last year. They Thanks. franchise tagged him twice. Yes, and but they're letting him go. Since they traded for Marcus Peters. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they signed him to about a $14 million deal. And they also get Allen Robinson uh, to a $16 million year. So I think this was both uh, Kuiper and I's favorite signing in this free agency. I did. love Allen Robinson. Me like, too. Allen Robinson is one of those receivers. I'm a receiver guy. He is one of those players that 
what was it, two years ago, when he just went absolutely crazy on a really bad Jacksonville team, when they were awful, and he just went crazy, and then last year he got hurt on virtually the first drive of the game. He, like, Keenan allen it this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably the most... I would consider him to probably be the most sought-after player that's not a quarterback in this entire free agency period because of how good he is. And you, comp- you, you essentially pair him with Jimmy Graham, who's an exceptional pass-catching tight end, as well as Marquise Goodwin, and whoever the hell the 49ers feel like throwing out in the backfield behind Jimmy Garoppolo. And you have an offense that can compete with the Rams. I'm sorry. Like, no, that's such a sick offense. That's terrifying. Allen Robinson getting signed to the 49ers isn't, like, a popular prediction right now. I feel like it should be. Like, Allen Robinson trying to, like, call my hype on Garoppolo. It's, he could easily catch 90 balls there a year. Easily. Easily. And that's not in, that's not assuming that you're also probably going to get about 45 to Graham. He led the league in receiving touchdowns last year. Yeah. Graham did. Um, and then, of course, you have Goodwin, who was de facto the number one receiver there. And they still have Pierre Garçon. Yeah. Who has seen... I mean, he had a neck injury last year, yeah, but I, I, they haven't said it. It was a quiet injury, and I think he's going to come back, so... Okay, so then we get to Seattle. Now, <laughs> okay, so a ton of stuff has happened to Seattle since we wrote this. We did put in trading for Michael Bennett. We put that in there. Um, however, we didn't really know what to do with a lot of their money because of all the contracts they had going, and then they decided that they were just going to release Richard Sherman. And they also are releasing... Uh, Cam Chancellor. Lane. Oh, and Jeremy. They're, they're pretty much redoing their entire secondary outside yeah, of Earl Thomas. That's fucking Cam Chancellor. Crazy. Cam Chancellor might retire. It depends. It depends on how his physical goes. He had a really bad neck injury. Like, mm-hmm. on a scale of, like, Pierre Garçon to Cam Chancellor, it was a Cam Chancellor neck injury. Uh, I'm pretty sure Pete Carroll actually got teary-eyed when somebody asked him about yeah. him in so. post-game presser last yeah. year. So the jig's out on... Uh, Chancellor, we don't know yet, but that frees up a lot of money. Jordy Nelson goes to Seattle, which every Packers fan is going to cringe at the hearing of that. Uh, if you remember a couple of the previous games between the Packers and the Seahawks, um, that is a very controversial rivalry in the NFL. Oh, um, they also get Dwayne Allen to kind of replace, quote unquote, replace That's... Jimmy Graham. Um, Dion Lewis. Which is a would be a huge, huge signing for Seattle. He probably the he would probably be the best running back they've had since Marshawn Lynch, um, a guy who could just do everything. He can he can catch, he can return kicks, mm-hmm. he can do a lot of stuff. I like Dwayne Allen here because he's uh, underappreciated blocker, and that's something Seattle desperately needs. Is they need help blocking and keeping. Russell Wilson mm-hmm. inside the pocket. Which is not something Jimmy Graham did. So, uh, Restructuring Doug Baldwin was another thing. Um, we didn't have them signing any offensive linemen. We probably, assuming now that Richard Sherman is released, you probably assume that they could be trading for a lot of offensive linemen. But then again, like I said, we wrote this prior to the Bennett and uh, the Bennett news and the Sherman news. We so. kind of knew Bennett was getting traded. We did not get the prediction right, though. Yeah, we, we had an idea that Bennett was gone. Um Tampa Bay, these are a lot of re-signings. Brent Grimes, Optimus Grimes, um, who I'm a big fan of, even though he's kind of older. 
Charles Sims, who pretty much is probably going to be the number one back there, if not um, Peyton Barber. Cameron Brait, who's a really good receiving tight end. Adam Humphreys, kind of a backup, uh, like a backup receiver. Patrick Murray, Joe Hawley. They're the team that ends up getting Muhammad Wilkerson uh, to put him alongside Jared McCoy, as well as Coney Ely, who's a pretty good defensive end. He played for uh, the Patriots. That's a really... You combine those three guys with Levante David, that is a really, really good defensive front. So uh, Tampa was worse in sacks last year. They had no pass rush whatsoever. Even with and, Gerald McCoy. And, eat, and in a division where you're running, you have... Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Cam Newton, Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Devontae Freeman, Mark Ingram. You need to have a good line. Yeah, and that completely that completely fixes their offensive line. We only got two more teams left uh, for free agency: Tennessee Titans uh, signing Pernell McPhee, who's a younger version of the player we released in Derek Morgan. Haloti Nada. Now Haloti Nada might retire, um, but he would be a good signing to put him next to Jarrell Casey. Tyler Eifert, okay? Tyler yeah. Tyler Eifert, in an effort to sort of prepare for the eventual leaving of Delaney Walker, Tyler Eifert's probably a top three tight end in the league when he's healthy. The problem is, is he's never healthy. He caught 13 touchdowns in 13 games Yeah, uh, the year before last. It was insane. Like, Tyler Eifert's really, really good. Yeah, um, that's a really good signing. I like that. Yeah, and you can get him for cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, resign Eric Decker. You restructured DeMarco Murray, who pretty much, I think, this last year was the final year for DeMarco Murray splitting, quote-unquote, splitting carries with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's the number one running back in that on that team, and I'll fight anybody that doesn't agree with me. Mm-hmm. Um, DeMarco Murray has had... His his career has run its course. Like, he, he's done. That year, that year in Dallas where he touched the ball about 600 times has finally caught up to him. And, of course, we released Derrick Morgan. Okay, so finally, we get the Washington Redskins... They pretty much made the biggest splash in the early part of the free of free agency with the signing of Alex Smith. Um, so we kept that in mind, obviously. Uh, restructured Jordan Reed, who is made out of paper mache, and I just can't imagine that they're they're willing to deal with it anymore. So give the dude a pay cut, see if he can finally prove it. You re-sign Terrell Pryor, give him one more shot to play wide receiver, now with a little bit more of a veteran guy in Alex Smith. Resign Trent Murphy, resign Junior Gallette. You resign Niles Paul, who's sort of the back, who essentially became the number one tight end on that team. Oh, I guess Vernon Davis was there too, but. And then you resign Dustin Hopkins. We left them with twelve million dollars, which is one of which is probably the highest we left any team with. I think. Well, it was close. I, yeah. I we didn't keep track of that, but twelve million dollars was a lot to leave a team with. Um, but that was our free agency. They're gonna sign Richard Sherman. Man. That would be something. <laughs> Him and Josh Norman? Yeah. That would be sick. That would be something else. That would be absolutely so insane. So much trash talk. Oh, the most. <laughs> that would be the most. Okay. Leading the league in words per route. Per route. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Followed shortly. I think the two of them combined, you probably get... Combining Sherman and Norman, you probably get uh, a total amount of trash talk. But you're probably only going to get about 50 more words than Jalen Ramsey does by himself. So, um, so anyway, so that was our free agency. Um, Corey kind of alluded to the fact that me and his, both of our, pretty much our favorite move was Allen Robinson to the 49ers. 
Um, you had a favorite and a least favorite, and your least favorite obviously was the Mike Wallace. What was your favorite? Because I, I don't know that one yet. My favorite was Jimmy Graham going to the 49ers. Okay, that was okay. That's my favorite. <laughs> Just all, all us 49ers picks, but I love the Jimmy Graham. I love that. I love the Jimmy to Jimmy. Right. It's going to happen. The Jimmy to Jimmy jam is going to. Garop to Graham. I like a lot of our tight end signings. I like. Uh, after I looked back at the Tennessee. Uh, Tyler Eifert. Tyler Eifert. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I was the one. I'm pretty sure I was the one that suggested that. You did, yes. And, like, I was like, yeah, they can get Tyler Eifert. Delaney Walker is getting old. And then, like, it didn't hit me until later, like, this is a really good signing if he yeah. stays healthy. Even, and if, then, even if Delaney doesn't play, like, if you have Delaney Walker and Tyler Eifert as your tight ends, like, that's sensational. Like, yeah. that's a uh-huh. really, really, that's like, not to, I know he's kind of apropos to talk about, but that's like Aaron Hernandez, Rob Gronkowski level, where, like, you have two tight ends that are pretty much six foot seven receivers that are just really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, especially on the Titans where, uh, you drafted Corey Davis last year. Pretty um, much a bust. Uh, he, as far as a one year he goes. Started, he started coming on in the playoffs. He got his first career touchdown in the playoffs. He I was, was hurt hope, a lot. I was hoping, I'm hoping he'll sort of come on in his second season. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, they need receiving threats for Mariota for that offense to work because they'll just stack the box against him and right. Derrick Henry every time. Eric Decker kind of didn't. We re-signed him to the Titans, but Eric Decker didn't really... Uh, live up to his kind of reputation of his. He's pretty much just a pass catching, a, a touchdown machine. That's pretty much what he does. He just didn't really get the opportunities on that team. Like that team was either running the ball into the end zone or they were punting. It, so, it sounded like a really good match made in heaven when you had Eric Decker and Marcus Mariota, who doesn't turn the ball over in the end zone or red zone, and then you have, never has three years. And then you That's have three years going. Marcus Mariota has never turned the ball over in the red zone. There was somebody else who started that. Too. Who was it? I remember. Oh man. Um, was it recent? Yeah, I sent it to you after this year. Oh, you're right. Um, wasn't it? Was it Trubisky? It might have been Trubisky. Like through his first, all of his starts, he mm-hmm. didn't turn the ball over in the red zone. I'm not. We're not entirely sure though. So. Then again, like I said, Trubisky didn't play the entire year yeah. or start the entire year, I should say. Um, but yeah, Marcus Mariota, like. That's a really insane stat, and it's funny because I remember a specific game this year where he turned the ball over on the twenty-one yard line, which is one yard outside of the red zone, and I just still counts. It still counts. I thought it was pretty funny. So, um, my apologies. No, you're fine. So that's our free agency. Um, I don't know how long that took. It felt like it took a pretty long time. Uh, almost an hour. Almost an hour. So we have a little bit of time left. To... Well, we have we have about an hour to do the draft. Which the draft won't take us long at all. No. And then I guess we can just pretty much talk about how we feel. I guess how we feel about each, uh, specific teams going into free age, like going into mm-hmm. next year. I guess individually. Um, I don't know if, since I, I mean I read all of that free agency stuff. We'll go yeah. with we'll, we'll Corey will do the draft, and I feel this like is my favorite part of the football season is doing mock drafts. Yeah, um, Corey and I disagreed. On one particular thing, and again, it's part- which was amazing because usually I I thought we were gonna fight through the whole thing because that's no. just how we are. We just disagree. Us getting through all of this in like eight hours is literally a miracle. Like, 
<laughs> we Co- Corey and I pretty much do nothing but fight on Messenger about football stuff. That's pretty much all we do. Um, so yeah, I kind of imagined when we set up this whole week. I took like all of my vacation time this week because I really felt like I was gonna need it. Like, oh god, I'm gonna be sitting here with Corey for like 12 hours a day fighting about these free agent sizes. But that took us. It didn't take us uh, that long, especially this mock draft. I thought we were gonna fight a lot, but. Okay, so starting off, you have Cleveland with the number one overall pick. You have to go quarterback. If you don't go quarterback, you're wasting all that time Sasha Brown was there. All that, you, you have to. like. So we went Sam Darnold. He's um, not going to be any good. I'm sorry. I'll talk about that. He's not going to be any good. I hope he's going to be decent. I guess he didn't throw at the combine because he said he probably has the surest arm there. People are saying he has a weird throwing motion. That's why he didn't throw out the... So they don't want people nitpicking his throwing motion. Uh, let me cry. Um, I'm sorry. We'll get to that. Yeah. Anyway, this is the one we disagreed on. These next two picks... Oh, I, I disagree with this one, too. The so, next, the next right, two go. picks were the ones that we disagreed on. Uh, New York Giants took Saquon Barkley, which I think it's missing piece. I know they obviously need some help on the offensive line and keeping Eli up straight. Uh, but I think they'll stick with Eli for another year, two years. Uh, give him a shot with the natural running back. Uh, Saquon Barkley seemed thrilled when asked about pass protection as a running back. Um, if you, My belief is if you have a good running back, your defense is going to prosper and Vice versa, and they have a they have good defensive personnel. They have a really good defense. I just think they took them to the playoffs. They mailed it in last year. Yeah, that was all it was. Um, Sort of pushing the move is the Kamaya. Saquon Barkley's from New York. He's from the Bronx, um, which would I guess you could make the case for the Jets or the Giants taking him in that case. His father was a Jets fan growing up. His dad was a big Jets fan. Um, which I think his dad would be a little upset if he went to the Giants and not the Jets, but he's from New York. Um, it makes sense. I, m- me personally, when we got to this pick, I said that it was going to be Josh Allen, the quarterback from Wyoming. Um, we actually flipped a coin. Uh, Corey won. So we, <laughs> so we put Saquon Barkley, who is, I, the one thing me and Corey both agree on, he's the best player. It, between in the draft. him and Quentin Nelson, yeah, yeah it, it's if you're go if you're doing it based off of who's the best player, Saquon Barkley's the best player in the draft, but he goes to the to the Giants, so and uh, then on from there. Yeah, uh, Indianapolis Colts with the third pick, Bradley Chubb, defensive end. This is kind of chalk with everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it um, is. They're with those two going first. Um, that's pretty much chalk. Yeah, GM has expressed building from the trenches out uh he's following you know alabama uh clemson team building flow chart whatever you want to call mm-hmm. um and that's basically it he's a good player i liked him uh going forth to cleveland too if he falls i like cleveland taking him just because that line's going to be insane. Him and Miles Garrett. Him, Miles Garrett. Dontari Poe. Dontari Poe. And Danny Shelton. And Danny Shelton. Um, all right, so fourth we've had Cleveland taking Quentin Nelson. This past week there's been more stirs about Joe Thomas retiring. 
So we decided that we were going to give him a guard to protect the new quarterback. Yeah, Quinton doesn't play the position Joe does, but having having a guy who is an all-pro player and a, probably a future Hall of Fame player in Joe Thomas, it's losing a really good offensive lineman, you feel it across your entire line. So I feel like you bring in the best overall offensive lineman, it's going to make everybody better. And whoever you want to throw out there at left tackle, whether you get a guy through free agency or whether you draft a guy later, it's just gonna, Quinton's just going to make it easier on whoever that is. So yeah. That's why we did that. Um, fifth overall pick goes to Denver. We had them taking Josh Allen. That's kind of a double-down move since they signed uh, Case Keenum. Because you're signing Case Keenum and you're hope, hoping for Minnesota Vikings Case Keenum uh, last year, which is possible because you have a good you have Demarius Thomas and you have Emmanuel Sanders there to catch balls so it's not it's, you're not putting out him out there on his own trying to tell him hey we need to score a touchdown but you also had Case Keenum from a few other teams that was not nearly as good as he was mm-hmm. last year so you have to have an insurance policy uh Josh Allen can throw the ball 75 yards in a dome in Indy in the altitude in Denver, he could probably throw the ball 100 yards. Yeah. So that's another one of the reasons why I felt really good about sending him there, just as far as that doesn't mean much in the NFL, but having the strongest armed guy in the area where it's the most friendly for strong-armed quarterbacks, I thought it made a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, Josh Allen has been getting a lot of hype around this this past few weeks. Uh, he, It's all about trigger words with him. You'll either hear raw potential or you'll hear project. Mm-hmm. It depends on what the team's going to bite into. Uh, he's a good fit for Denver there because of the Case Keenum side. You can have Case Keenum there for a year or two uh, and then have Josh learn the system, learn how to play mm-hmm. in the NFL a little bit more. Yep. Uh, that's all I'm going to talk about for that signing. New York Jets, Denzel Ward. Uh, going into the secondary here, Denzel Ward's probably my favorite corner besides Josh Jackson in this draft. Uh, I was hyping him up for a while. I was saying he was going to run a 4-2 uh, because my boy Marshawn Lattimore was saying that he was going to run a 4-2. Mm-hmm. Um, but he got pretty close. He got a 4-3-2. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was his second attempt he got a 4-3-2. Yeah. He's... A smaller guy, he's not. He doesn't have the size you really want on the outside, but he also has speed and technique to make up for it. Which is, when we talked about the Jets and free agency, that's the reason why like that signing is so good, because they already have Jamal Adams. They bring in, um, they, they keep Maurice Claiborne, you know, and I can't, who, whatever else we, we gave them, but... I'm, I'm going to bring it up here. Yeah, Malcolm Butler. Mm-hmm. So your secondary essentially becomes Malcolm Butler, Maurice Claiborne, and then this kid, along with Jamal Adams, who's one of the better young safeties. That's a really good secondary. That's young. So, uh, Tampa Bay, we have taking Minka Fitzpatrick. He's People are saying safety corner. He's Love Minka Fitzpatrick. He's so good. He's a very versatile player. Um, he's done great in Alabama the past few years. He could go anywhere that you need help in that secondary and help you. Um, Chicago, we have 
actually we have them taking Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, it'd be a really good linebacking core with Trevathan and Leonard Floyd there. And having Tremaine Edmonds there developing two on the other side, uh, you can just have him rushing the passer, mm-hmm. which I, know, I think that's Leonard Floyd's specialty, but he's been developing into a coverage guy too. Uh, you can just do – you can mold him, hopefully, into whatever you want. In um, a division where you need a pass rush. Yeah. Desperately. Uh, San Fran, Quan Smith at linebacker. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with um, Foster. Yeah. There's, like, rumors that Foster might be facing suspensions for arrests <laughs> and things like that. That kind of played into this. Um so that's one of the main reasons why. I think even if Reuben Foster does play, I think this this is just a really smart move for yeah, the this, Niners. Uh, it's, it seems a little bit as a luxury pick for them. Um, they're picking early, and with the free agency that they had with us, um, they don't really have too many needs. You know? Trading back is a huge possibility. Mm-hmm. For the 49ers. We actually were going to do trades in this mock draft, but we just didn't see any that were viable. Necessary. Yeah. Um, next, we have Oakland. They released Donald Penn this year, so we have them taking Connor Williams to replace Donald Penn, protecting Derek Carr. Uh, just, a pl- just a plug and play. Yeah. You lose one of your better players, you draft a guy to replace him. Uh, Miami, Josh Jackson at corner next to Xavier Howard. He's my favorite corner in the class. I love Josh Jackson. Yeah, he's very he has great hands, uh covered skills. He looks really good. Mm-hmm. Iowa always puts out good corners. Oh yeah. Um Cincinnati, Marcus Davenport, defensive end. They have a really older team and they're gonna have to try to get younger here soon. And they always had a really Pretty good defensive line, defensive linebacker core. So we put uh, Davenport here to help get that back to young, back to turn back the clock a little bit on that. Um, This has to do with a lot of what I talked about with Jordan Reed, this next one. Washington taking Dallas Godert. Godert. It's Godert. Godert. Tight end. Jordan Reed. Not Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed. Uh, he's just, you know, he can't stay healthy. He, he hasn't. He hasn't. No, he I gets mean... concussions every other week. He'll wake up with a concussion. Uh, <laughs> he puts his head on the pillow. He gets a concussion. Uh... <laughs> I also if... think it's really funny that Washington takes a player named Dallas. That's, <laughs> that's another one that's of the big. One. That's another one of the big things I liked about it. That Washington um, takes a player. Named Alice. Alex fun. Smith's always like throwing to tight ends. He threw to Vernon Davis. He's thrown to Travis, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. You know, it's one of his safety nets. Uh, give him a good young one in Dallas. Go there. Uh, Green Bay taking a safety. Uh, Derwin James. Derwin James out of Florida State. He is. He's the Keon O'Neill of the class. Yes. He's the big, strong, thumping physical safety. Yeah, that's that's something we're lacking desperately, so I'll take the fuck out of that one. <laughs> yeah. uh, Which pairs that. really well for Hot with Ha Ha. Yeah, and yeah. you have Morgan Burnett there still that we re-signed, but he's just not... Not reliable. He, he's not reliable. 
Uh, <sighs> we had... Ah, man. This was hard. We had Josh Rosen falling all the way to 15. Mm-hmm. To Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And this is... It was a no-brainer for Arizona at this point. They signed Teddy, but you have what arguably the number two quarterback in this draft fall to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to take him at 15. A lot of people are saying there's mixed reports coming in saying that Josh Rosen aced like the team interviews at the Combine, and there's also people saying that he just they don't like his personality at all. It's probably a little bit of both. Yeah. Apparently NFL teams don't like players who are atheists. Have interests outside of football. Yeah, and want to be a humanitarian and have opinions. So that's a thing. I don't want to talk about it, but that's a thing. Yeah, that's something for another time. That's something for another time. Anyway, Baltimore. Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> Moving on. Ravens. Before I get mad. We have them taking Calvin Ridley. Uh, he's consensus probably the best wide out in this draft. He's not going to blow you away with his athleticism, but you can't deny the separation he gets, his sure hands that he has. Uh, he's just a really good route runner, and he mm-hmm. has a good height. Yeah. He's um, got good measurables. Yeah. Uh, something that Baltimore desperately needs. Yeah. I mean, they won the playoffs with Virtually no receivers yeah. beforehand. Yeah. Um, they were pretty much a play outside of playoffs this year with no playmakers right. touching the ball. Right. Um, where are we at? Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Mike, I think his name's Mike McGlinchney. It's it's a goofy name. Uh, he's the offensive tackle at Notre Dame. He's this offensive line class from Notre Dame has been one of the best mm-hmm. offensive line classes ever um, from one school. They let less pressures to the quarterback all year than they did, than most teams did in a single season. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's pretty, it was pretty insane. Their offensive line was really good. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of offensive line. <laughs> and that's something that Los Angeles that's for the leads. They took Forrest Lamp last year in the second round. Unfortunately, he got injured in the preseason as Charger linemen do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And he didn't get to see the field. He was probably one of the top offensive guard prospects. And if you just get this offense a line, you have Philip Rivers, Melvin Gordon, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, you know, Terrell Williams. It's a really good offense. The Chargers have always been so fucking close to being great. They have an unbelievable roster. Yeah. It's just they're the most unlucky team in the NFL. Is, they need their fucking chance. Like, yeah. This will, hopefully this helps. Kuiper jokes that this is my actual favorite team all the time. And <laughs> no, it's one of them. <laughs> it, it the Chargers? Is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I just... It's kind of pity at this point. <laughs> like, I have to be their fan because nobody else is. Oh, man. My brother affectionately refers to the Chargers as the least relevant team in the NFL. It's, it's pretty close. So, anyway, moving on. Uh, Seattle, we have taking Colton Miller. Uh, UCLA offensive tackle is protected Josh Rosen. Mm-hmm. 
I think he was there for Jared Goff's. I think he was his first year at Jared. Protecting Jared Goff was from Cal. Okay. It wasn't. He didn't play for UCLA. Okay. I like Jared Goff. I know you do. <laughs> really? <laughs> you do. Jared Goff did not play for UCLA. Um, he was in California, but yeah, it was Cal. Um, this is my personal, my personal favorite wideout in the draft, and this is also my favorite draft pick of this entire mock draft. It's Cortland Sutton going to Dallas. He's a better Des. Especially yeah. at this point. Um, <laughs> I'm a better Des than than currently at this point. I'm a better Des Bryant. My name's Nate Kuyper. I'm a better Des Bryant. Oh, man. Just letting you know. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, but I love this pick. I love that he fell towards Dallas. They need somebody to catch the ball there. Yeah. They need somebody to take the pressure off uh, Zeke and Dak. I don't, I'm not a big fan of... Cowboys, but this is my favorite signing. Without really getting, I'm a really big like nerd when it comes to like receiver type of like the receiving position. Without really getting super super nerdy into it, he's really big. I think he's like six four, six five. But his movement, the way he moves around, and his big playability is just really really good. And I'm, I really like him a lot. He reminds me a lot of. Almost kind of like Alshon Jeffrey a little bit. He's kind of like an Alshon Jeffrey. A so. taller Alshon. A taller Alshon Jeffrey. So, um, anyway. And we spent a lot of time on that one. Yeah. Uh, Detroit, we have taking the defensive tackle from Washington. Vita Villa. Vita Villa. Uh, he's, a, he's a freak. Like He really is. He's a freak of nature. Uh, it's really good. Uh, they lost Halota. This year, Tolodinata, yeah. Uh, they need help on the pass rush. They just tagged Ziggy mm-hmm. Ansa, and he's a really good. Ziggy's really good, but mm-hmm. with no other help, he was like ranked fortieth this year out of all. He gets double teamed on every play because Detroit doesn't have anybody else. Yep. So, um, <sighs> I'm letting you know right now the player that he's about to say. If we continue to talk more after we're wrapped up here. This is going to be the player I talk about because I'm sick and tired of people ragging on my boy. All right, so I was thinking about it. If he falls this far to Buffalo, one of us are trading up to get him. Like This, there's... <laughs> this is my most and least favorite pick in the draft. Uh, Let me tell you why. Uh, man. Well, well, go ahead. We're talking about Baker Mayfield, okay, people. So this talking is... about Baker Mayfield. This is my most favorite pick in the draft because why the fuck would you put him in Buffalo, this tiny little bitch boy, in this snowy-ass uh... weather? He's going to get eaten alive. It's, mm. that, it's That's why it's my favorite and least favorite pick because it makes sense for Buffalo to be fucking stupid and do this. <laughs> so it's uh, hilarious and it's also really sad because he's gonna fucking die. Anyway, with the, with the next pick Buffalo makes, me and Nathan love Baker Mayfield. We've been arguing all season. Nope. Who's gonna draft Baker Mayfield? Hopefully this... nobody. All right, all right, let's get into this. No, 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 no. <laughs> we're gonna. Okay, let's let's do this. Pause. Let's do this. Okay. Do you want to roll through the rest of them real quick? Yeah. And then we'll get to we'll get to Baker. Yep. So Buffalo gets another pick. They take Deron Brown. He's uh, from Alabama. Yep. 
Uh, Defensive tackle from Alabama. He's athletic freak. He's never really lived up to mm-hmm. what he could be. Right. Uh, but he showed big right. flashes in the game. Our pick, this current, this next pick is excellent now. Yes. Because of Alec Ogletree leaving, we have Rashawn Evans going to the Rams. Also from Alabama. Also, that's that turned out to be an excellent selection. Now, in, uh, post that, Carolina. Will Hernandez, who's one of a, my favorite offensive tackles. In yeah, he stayed at UTEP for all four years so that he can graduate. Um, he's a good player. Um, really quick on his feet, mm-hmm. good lateral yeah. movement. Uh, Tennessee, we have Maurice Hurst uh, from Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, just depth. Just yeah. a really good interior lineman who yeah. can come in, put rush him, the passer. Put him next to Halote and uh, Jarrell Casey, mm-hmm. and you fix a lot of your problems on your right. line there. Um, Atlanta, Ronnie Harrison, safety. Uh, a little bit of a luxury pick. You can always need help in a secondary with mm-hmm. Cam Newton and Drew Brees and a receiving core in Tampa. Yeah. Um, New Orleans Saints, we have Harold Landry falling here. I like this a lot um, just because if we don't get Alex Okafor, we have another person on opposite of yeah. Cameron. Um, Pittsburgh, Isaiah Oliver, at cornerback. Uh just depth. We just yeah. need we just need more help on defense. I wouldn't be surprised if we took a linebacker there, um, but he's he was the best available corner and mm-hmm. yeah, it's and just good depth. Already really hasn't panned out too much. Since, Not yet, no. Uh, but hopefully he's gonna take some steps. Jacksonville, uh, Mike Seki, tight end. He had a really good combine. Giving giving uh, Bortles a pass catching tight end might help him a lot. Especially if they lose Allen Robinson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnesota, Orlando Brown, offensive tackle. Uh, he did not have a good combine. He, he didn't. Like, he had like he his, like a historically of, worse combine. But he, you can't argue with the tape that he had. No. He had one bad game against Maryland. That was it. Like mm-hmm. He was almost perfect the rest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> New England takes Mason Rudolph because... Fuck everybody who's going to be the best quarterback in this draft. Right, yeah. Every All the other quarterbacks we mentioned aren't going to be as good as Mason Rudolph. Because they probably he, won't even be relevant in three years. Yeah, because he goes to the Patriots and, so, yeah. and, and takes over for Brady in about ten years. Yep, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, Philadelphia, we have taking Isaiah Wynn because we're pretty sure Peters, Jason Peters might be retiring. Uh, replace him at left tackle. Replace him at left tackle. Same thing with the Raiders. You just you lose a guy, you plug in a guy. Yep. So that's our first round. Um, okay. Um, so, we're going to take a short break, and then yes. we're going to come back and argue about Baker Mayfield. Sound good? That sounds great. Okay. We'll be I right can't back. wait. Thanks, guys. Hello, everybody. We're back. Uh, we had to take there, a quick break. There since, was a- Since we took a break, we found out Justin knows nothing about football. No, no, no. Okay. Oh! So in real life, okay, so... To you, that break felt like 0.0 seconds, but to us, it was about an hour. Um, in that period of time, DeMarco Murray was cut from the Titans. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. So, um, <laughs> we're even more wrong. Well, I guess we're... No, you know what we are? We're doubly right. Because instead of saving $2.5 they saved twice that much. Because they cut him. Yeah, okay. So, there you go. Um, okay. So, how... What what we got here? We got, what, one, one hour, 23 minutes, something like that? We can argue about Baker Mayfield for a half hour. Um, okay, so Justin, go first, because I don't. I feel like Corey and I are gonna just go ahead and go first. Okay, here's the problem with Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. Every great quarterback 
Yeah. Especially great quarterbacks in cold weather teams mm-hmm. are big, burly, strong arm dudes. Okay. Yeah. And the little guys who go to these teams never make it. Never. Are are we never? Are we okay? So are you saying that he he does not? Th- th- it have doesn't. It doesn't size. matter where he goes. And I he'll think be it bad? matters where he goes. You guys putting him in Buffalo is fucking horrendous. Well, no, we only put him in Buffalo because. That's the way the draft. That's worked. the way the draft and went. We were both I, really sad about. I it. don't want. I don't. Li- I don't like him. I don't want general, him. To, I don't want him to go to Buffalo. I want him to go to Arizona. I want him to that go. That would be better for him. I want him to go to uh, Miami. I want him to go to Pittsburgh. <laughs> no, you don't want. Him to I go want to him Pittsburgh. to go to Pittsburgh really bad. You don't want him going to Pittsburgh. Um, we, Corey wants him to go to the Saints. We didn't draft. Hey, put him in. Put him in a Jackson. dome would be better. He'll be a second round player. Putting him in a dome might help. Here's, here's uh, Pittsburgh. No, are you fucking kidding me? Listen, okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about. Here's the thing about my boy. All right. So let's start off with this. Um, he rubbed a lot of teams the wrong way at the combine um, because he Baker Mayfield went to Oklahoma and got a PhD in douchebaggery. Yeah. He's the biggest douchebag, uh, probably since I don't even know who. I, c- I can't even name a guy. You can name a guy. Uh, yeah, Manziel. Yeah, Johnny no. Manziel. No. Now, see, Manziel was more of no, like he's a... one of your favorite guys, Jalen Ramsey. Okay, well, I'm talking about a quarterback. Okay, well, from a quarterback standpoint, the football only one that... player standpoint. From a football player standpoint, it's Ramsey. Ramsey yeah. is now. I will. I will say this about Ramsey. If you just put, what's the difference between him and Ramsey? They both play. Great at their great at their position just because they play a different position. Like right. you're you expect different from a quarterback. Well no, the thing about Ramsey, I feel like people have a misconception about Jalen Ramsey that he's just like some mean thug that likes to just trash talk people. Dude, Jalen Ramsey, like if you go on Jalen Ramsey's Twitter, Jalen Ramsey's Twitter is compiled of two things. Um very, very like expressive hardcore Bible verses <laughs> and trash talk. <laughs> That's all it is. He's either pretty much like quoting the book of Matthew, or he's just just trash talking people. So Jalen Ramsey, <laughs> Jalen Ramsey's a good dude. He's just an asshole. Like I don't know if Baker's that way or not. Um, he hasn't overtly talked about it. But the thing about Baker, it was funny. My my guy Colin Cowherd really hates Baker and really likes Darnold, and I'm the yep. exact opposite. Um, he actually did this thing yesterday where he put up quotes and it was, the game was called Baker or Faker and he put up extremely arrogant quotes and had to guess whether or not it was Baker Mayfield or not. Um, a lot of them were Baker. He said things like, uh, you forgot who daddy is and now I have to spank you. He said that prior to a game. Um, he said that if I was on another team, if, if I was on another team, I'd hate me too. Um, he said a lot of stuff. Um, he, obviously, he planted the flag in the middle of the Ohio State O after he beat them. He grabbed his crotch and said a whole bunch of profanity to the Kansas players. Um, which, to be fair, they didn't have the decency to shake his hand prior to the game. Um, and they knew they were going to lose. So, the thing about Baker is this. The size thing. Okay, now, I'll say this. You're, you have a point. 
when it comes to small guys in cold weather climates. I, I, I can't, there aren't many guys who were smaller and got drafted by teams that are in cold weather teams and succeeded. I'll say the thing, Russell Wilson plays in a tough environment because it's rainy and kind of cold in Seattle. Yeah, really it's 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 not like Pittsburgh or Cleveland where you get snowstorms and you're playing in two inches of snow. Yeah. But it's cold and it's rainy and but I think the thing with Russell is that Russell sort of developed into the quarterback he is. Original the first two years Russell Wilson was in the league, he handed the ball to Marshawn Lynch and they played defense. Yeah. Like Russell Wilson wasn't a prolific passer at the start. Now the thing about it though is that I kind of feel like Baker's a little bit of a combination of the two small, quote-unquote, small quarterbacks in Breeze and Russell. Breeze is not an athlete. No. But Breeze is ridiculously accurate with the ball. Like, over 70... What is it? Hasn't he set the record for the pat, like completion like percentage just three times? Yeah. Baker Mayfield completed 70% of his passes in college. That's really good. Um... Especially now, because of the amount he is throwing to. Yeah, the amount of times he has to go out on the field because Big 12 defenses are so bad. The amount of times he constantly had to go out and constantly had to throw the ball is really impressive. Second thing is, he's a little more... He's he's not the athlete that Russell Wilson is, but he can move around and he can make plays with this. He didn't run. He ran like a 4-8, which isn't terrible. No. Um, I think the thing with Baker is that Baker is almost set up to, I don't want to say he's set up to fail, but I feel like Baker is almost destined to go to a team that's not going to be good. Like ba- the reason I, uh, the reason Baker will probably get drafted by Buffalo is because Buffalo is the type of team that would ruin him. Yeah. Like, can you imagine that's Baker? That's why it's like the best and worst. Right. Can you imagine Baker Mayfield <laughs> in Arizona? Fuck. It'd be much better. Baker Mayfield in Arizona with Dave Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald, even though Fitzgerald's probably only going to play one more year. Or Baker Mayfield in, like, Miami with those running backs and those receivers and a defense. And I I just think that the knock on him... The reason people don't like him is because he's so untraditional. Like, everybody wants their quarterbacks to be this, like... I, I make the comparison to everybody wants their quarterback to be the soldier outside of Buckingham Palace. That just shows no emotion and just, I'm, I'm just here to make the team better, blah, blah, blah. But the thing about it is that I'm sitting at a table with a Packers fan, and I'm sitting at a table with a Saints fan, and I'm a Steelers fan, and we all, I personally like Tom Brady. Uh, none of those guys are like that. Nope. Aaron Rodgers is... I don't even know how to explain. Aaron Rodgers is almost like the the California beach bum that just never cares. He's weird. No. Did you ever yeah. see some of his tweets? Yeah. He, he, yeah. Did you see? He's like he's very interesting. If you uh, if you get the best Halloween costume is two sticks and two wood screws. Yeah. You can make a kid a reindeer. Yeah. He tweeted that. Yeah. That's. A direct quote from yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron, Aaron's he, he's very... He's also a very subtly rude motherfucker. He is. He's not... He's great. He's not a very vocal leader. No. He's not a roo-roo-rah-rah guy, which is juxtaposed to a guy like Drew Brees, 
who nobody does what Drew Brees does. You never see a quarterback getting in the middle of all his guys and doing that. Like, Drew Brees is overtly different from what everybody considers quarterbacks to be. And Aaron Rodgers is the exact opposite, where Aaron Rodgers is very quiet, he's very reserved. Aaron Rodgers kind of almost has this, like, he almost has this, like, quiet arrogance about him. It is. That a team, a team could be, how many times, he's done it twice, where you have a team that's barely on the cusp of making the playoffs, barely 500, and he tells everybody, just, dude, just relax. Just relax. He literally spelled out the word relax. Mm-hmm. And then they won every game after that. Yeah. He says, we're going to run the table. And then they do. Like, he's not your prototype. He's not that. Brady. People think Brady's like that. Brady's no, not. not like that. No, he's not at all. Brady Brady was running out onto the field against Jacksonville and told a cameraman to get the F out of the way. Yeah. Like, he's, he's a very passionate man. Yeah. Brady is very, very fiery and competitive mm-hmm. and air the difference with Brady is that Brady puts in the the time like Brady yeah. puts in the effort I have absolutely no problem with Baker Mayfield being as cocky and as arrogant and as whatever adjectives you want to use against him as long as he puts in that time <clears throat> as yep. long as he is dedicated then I don't have a problem with it and I think that that's... Didn't, uh, didn't Baker Mayfield just have a run-in with the cops? He did. He yeah. he was arrested in the offseason. Um, listen, man. He was arrested in the offseason for... Uh, I believe it was for... Obviously, he was drunk. But the reason they arrested him was for, like... I think it was just for public drunkenness, actually. Like, he was out, walking around, and he was intoxicated. And then he tried to run from them. Which was just dumb. And... He apologized for it, and, you know, whatever. Listen, if we're going to talk about professional football players getting arrested in the offseason... Oh, I know. I know. It's a thing that happens. It's a thing. Um, it's not a good look no. for a young quarterback coming into the NFL. You know who also had that look? Cam Newton, who was the number one overall pick. I know. I know. I'm not... I could be wrong about Baker Mayfield. Now, well, I don't think I'm going to be wrong about that's Baker fine. Mayfield. No, well, the comparison to Cam Newton is interesting because there's plenty of other things you can criticize Cam Newton about. Uh-huh. There's plenty and of And he, especially with his... I don't like Cam Newton. See, I'm okay with... This is going to be being a, going on to a soliloquy about cocky athletes. Um, I love Jalen Ramsey. I love Richard Sherman. I love Baker Mayfield. I, I don't want to say Antonio Brown is arrogant. He kind of is. It's kind of one of those things where he's arrogant on the field, and he's arrogant with the whole like Facebook Live thing and the stuff like that. But Antonio Brown has a reputation of literally being the hardest working guy in the Steelers locker room. Like, yeah. He busts his ass every single day, every single practice. He's missed interviews because he stays out there and, like, works with guys. You know what I mean? He has a very good reputation as a hard worker. Um, and I think if you have that reputation, you can kind of get away with a little bit of, like, the the stuff he does. Um, I have no problem with arrogance. I have no problem with douchebaggery. I have no problem with any of that. If they can reflect... If they can if they can reflect great talent on the field... Right. I can care less what the fuck they do now, off it. Right, but the, the problem with Cam Newton is that Cam Newton's that cocky and he's that arrogant... When they win. Yep. 
he he doesn't have the ability like some of these other guys do. He crumbles. That Jalen Ramsey Jalen Ramsey talked so much crap prior to that Patriots game. And then after the game was over, he was hey, I don't know, man. I don't know what you do. We didn't beat him. He's just he's he's a man about it. Conor McGregor does the same thing. I know we're talking about a different sport. Conor McGregor is probably the best trash talker on the planet. Yeah. Walking the face of the earth. Uh-huh. And he got beat against Nate Diaz. And after calling him a a cholo gangster who does balloon animals in the when he's not fighting to make money, he talked him up and down, and then he got beat. And then he sat in front of a microphone like I'm doing right now, and he owned up to it. You know, that's why I don't like Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. Where Cam Newton is just this he's just pouty and um he I mean the the comment he made about the female reporter Yeah that was was not good. The fact that he thought it was that it was silly. what did he say that it was cute or that it was silly that a, a, a female reporter can ask him about routes? Yeah. It was it was like yeah, he thought it was silly, which is that's a different stupid. That, that's that, a different that's thing. A, that's a different thing. That's a different thing. But the problem with Cam Newton is he has that attitude, like the, the winning and losing attitude, where he crumbles when he loses and he gets mm-hmm. pouty. He reflects that on the field. Yes, 100%. When he starts to lose, he gets pouty, and you can see it in his play. Cam Newton deliberately disobeyed a request from his head coach yeah. to show up to a game with a tie on. He deliberately disobeyed it and then got benched for a series. Now, the funny thing is, is that series had one play in it, and Derek Anderson threw an interception. So, Coach Ron Rivera kind of... <laughs> he kind of had to stay true to his word. Like, damn it. Like, I told him he was only going to sit one drive. All right. Send you back out there. I, I don't think Baker's that way. Here's the problem um, with taking a guy like Baker and um, we'll use Rodgers and Brady again kind of as a comparison. And I guess Breeze, too. All three of those guys had something about them that put... Like, they were already extremely competitive guys, I feel like. You don't just wake up one day competitive. You don't wake up one day and really care. You know what I'm saying? Breeze always had that. Brady always had that. Rodgers always had that. But the problem is, is at some point in that process, you put a chip on a guy's shoulder, Brady falls all the way to the sixth round. Doesn't get drafted. Doesn't immediately get a starting position. He has to earn it away from Drew Bledsoe. Well, he didn't earn it. Drew Bledsoe got hurt. But, you know, Drew Breeze... He goes to San Diego, has a shoulder injury. Everybody tells him that he's never going to play again. He's too short. He's not going to be able to. He's not going to be able to go into the Saints, who are a crappy organization prior to that, and, and do anything for them. He's probably the best athlete coming out of Louisiana in the history. Now he's going to be revered as like a saint, no pun intended. Aaron Rodgers, supposed to be the best quarterback in the draft. Uh, the well, the Chiefs, not the Chiefs. The 49ers pass on him. Take Alex Smith. Yeah. And he falls all the way to Green Bay. He goes to Green Bay. Brett Favre doesn't want to teach him anything because Brett Favre looks at him as competition. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All of those guys had something happen to them that put that little thing on their shoulder, and now they're the three best quarterbacks in the league. Baker Mayfield is pretty much being told that we don't want you on our team because we don't like your attitude. It has nothing to do with your play. He had a very good combine. He's very accurate, completes 70% of his passes. He's a three-year starter. He had to earn his job, he pretty much. He didn't get an offer to play football in college. He was a walk-on. Right. So he has all of those things that you see with the Breezes and the Bradys and the Rodgers that mm-hmm. lead up to their success. 
All, but the problem is, is he just has an attitude. And if he follows that same career path that Rodgers did and Brady and Breeze, and he just uses that as sort of ammunition, as you know what, I'm who I am. He, that's what he said. He's like, I'm not... It was funny because people were talking about, oh, he didn't interview well. He flat out says, like, I'm not trying to impress everybody. He's like, only only one of these teams is going to take me. Yeah. He's like, I only have to impress the one that ends up taking me. So he just kind of approached it from a standpoint of, I'm going to be who I am. And whatever team wants to take the shot at me, that's who I'm going to play for. It's kind of like the thing where Peyton Manning kind of did the same thing. Where Peyton Manning would walk into interviews and he would say, if you don't draft me... I'm going to kick your butt for 15 years. You know, <laughs> Peyton Manning said that. He's, he would go to teams. He said it to the Colts. He said, if you don't draft me, I'm going to whoop you for the next 15 years. So you might as well just take me. Baker's kind of doing the same thing. He's just not doing it with a country accent yeah, and I mean, being all hunky-dory. You know, I, I mean, like, I, I wish the best success for him, but I don't see it. Right. I don't see... It's, it's the same... The same tired thing is going to happen over and over again with these guys getting super hyped up and busting like a motherfucker. Especially if he goes to Buffalo. I think... Guarantee. Guarantee. It's a... He he blows dick in Buffalo. Or Cleveland. Or Cleveland. Or Cleveland. Cleveland won't take Baker Mayfield. No, they won't. Because they're they're afraid of the Manziel thing. Yeah, 100%. So they're going to take Darnold. I'm I'm glad you exist. Because it's people like you. That is the reason why <laughs> Baker has succeeded as far as he has. It's the peep. He didn't get an offer. He's like, you know what? Fuck you. I'm walking on <laughs> Texas A&M. He wins the starting job. He transfers to Oklahoma because why not? He gets beats, he gets to be a starter there. He starts for Who had? They, by the way, Oklahoma had Trevor Knight at the mm-hmm. time. Like Trevor Knight was their Hollywood, good-looking quarterback and he was okay like i think he was the one he, he's he beat, on giants right now i'm pretty sure he is on the giants he's yeah. not playing but <laughs> yeah he's on the giants um he wins the job at oklahoma because nobody said because people said you're not taking the job away from trevor knight you know and then you know what he goes and he gets the job from trevor knight he's like fuck you this is mine now and he plays three years and now people are going all right you did good so far. You won a Heisman. So what? You're not going to make anything in the NFL. And he's just sitting there saying, hold my fucking beer. <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally. Now, I will say I this. would be ecstatic if I was wrong about listen, Baker Mayfield. I, w- I would be ecstatic. The thing, I, th- I think what, the way you're looking at it, and it's the correct way to look at it, is you look at all of these quarterbacks that are coming out with Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, who's the one we didn't draft in the first round, mm-hmm. who I actually like, I and Baker too. Mayfield. Um, you look at them in the sense of ceilings and floors. Um, who has the highest ceiling? Who has the lowest floor? Josh Allen definitely has the highest yeah, ceiling. Yeah, 100%. Just That's based on physical gifts. Mm-hmm. The dude completes 56% of his passes, though. I mean, that's... that's bo- Like, you can't be a backup in um, the NFL if you don't if you make 56%. Do you know that, like, most Bortles, college quarterbacks have really bad pass completion yeah. percentages? It's, it's, well, that, that's why not a lot of them translate. Well, um, yeah, he's also thrown to absolutely nobody in the past few years at Wyoming. That's true. Um, I don't even think Wyoming throws pass completion a lot. is a two way street. It is a, no, it's a two way street. I understand. Um, it is, but, it's a two way street with cars trying to crash into you. In <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. He has the highest ceiling. I will admit 
that Baker either has the second lowest floor or the lowest floor, probably next to Lamar Jackson, where he he's got he's got potential to do things really well. But if he doesn't go to a place, if if, if he goes I, to Buffalo, if he goes to Buffalo, <laughs> I'm sorry, if Shane. If Shane ever listens to this, Shane, our buddy who's a Buffalo fan. Dude, if he goes to Buffalo, it's gonna suck. And I yeah, and it's we, gonna be awful. And we knew that when we put him there. But the the problems with Josh Rosen, who's another guy who is kind of being put in that boat with Baker Mayfield because he's untradition from a personality standpoint, Josh Rosen is very um he's not the typical quarterback where he's very oh I you know chastise Josh Rosen. He's opinionated. Oh, oh no. Oh no. He wore an anti-Trump hat. You know, Ooh. he he's not overtly religious. Ooh. You know, he wants to Can't draft him. Yeah, he Oh no. That type of stuff. He lived a he kind of had a privileged upbringing. You know, like so oh, Fuck. he's not going to want to work hard. You know, like and but then but then the scouts were like he's the best pure passer in the draft. Like, but when it comes to quarterbacking, the act of it, he is the best. Like, mechanics-wise, progression-wise, all this stuff, he's the best. So I'm like, then what's the argument? <laughs> like, yeah. why do you not take him? So, but the problem is, is that Sam Darnold, like you said, is sort of just the chalk. Like, oh, you know, he's... It's because he's boring. He requires the least amount of work. He hasn't had an injury history. Yeah, right. That's why he's perfect for Cleveland. And I'm sorry, but he's perfect for Cleveland. He is. He no. is. He's perfect See, for Cleveland. I didn't know where did you hear that thing about his throwing motion? Uh pretty sure Matt Miller. Yeah. Matt yeah, Miller said that, he's, that, that he's, yeah. he's got a goofy throwing yeah. motion, that's why he it's didn't want to throw. Matt Miller or Ian Kenyon. Okay. I'm pretty sure. But the, so the But wouldn't that show up in any of the tape anyway? I feel uh, like that's Yeah, you can look at the tape and probably see it. But it's just not... They didn't want to put him next to a bunch of other guys that throw normally mm-hmm. and have it stick out. Yeah. Is essentially the problem. These court... It hasn't been until recent years that quarterbacks have actually like felt the need to throw at quarterback. This one, I could see because it's such a stacked quarterback class. You have like six guys that are like first-round talents mm-hmm. or considered first-round We're not even talents. talking about Mason Rudolph, who you and yeah. I both like. Yeah. Um... He's but, another system guy, though. Like a, yeah. a lot of people consider Oklahoma State to just be yeah. a system. I well, you mean, can, well, you can th- throw anybody, Brandon Whedon. Well, then, uh, you know, th- throw him on the Patriots makes sense. Yeah, we're good, but there you go. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I just the reason. Okay, we talked about Baker. Baker's my guy. I want Baker to succeed. I want Baker to be my quarterback. I want Baker to the, be my. Quarterback. The least, the least thing everyone in the world who isn't a Steeler fan wants is a quarterback with the ego of Baker Mayfield. <laughs> Going to a team with the ego of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, I was I, I looking think it's at perfect, this. But he just he just I think it in the climate. I we don't know. I I, I would I, have to. It's it's it, Pittsburgh. Historically, it's a no. Historically, it is a no. You're right. Um, and I am 100 percent on board with um history dictating the present. But I'm also one of those people where, ex- where exceptions prove rules. Well, I hope. It, it, I mean, if it so, happens, if, if Baker Mayfield goes to fucking Buffalo and starts tearing shit up, I'll I'll back the fuck up. I'll completely admit I'm wrong, and we'll move on and hope you, and cheer for hey, it. You and a lot of other people will admit they're wrong, so you wouldn't be the only one. Trust me. If 
Okay, mm. hold up. Breaking news. No, I'm kidding. We're not going to talk about this on a, on a football um, podcast. That's important. I was just looking at this. If Baker falls to, what, 21, 22, somebody's trading up to get him. Oh, 100%. If, if Baker falls all the way to Buffalo... All the, because all these quarterbacks down here, all the quarterback needy people now that outside of Cleveland and Tampa or Denver, they're all in like the bottom half of the draft. Mm-hmm. The teams like Minnesota, Minnesota, if they don't land Kirk and Case and Teddy get sniped away. Mm-hmm. New England needs a secession plan. New Orleans mm-hmm. needs a secession plan. Pittsburgh needs a secession plan. Pittsburgh's probably the most immediate one. I think Pittsburgh's the one that would take. The chance on him. Yeah, they should. Because, um... Why not? The no, re- I think Sean Payton has the ego that he rightly should, that he could make him work. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if you're talking, Sean Payton has had a quote-unquote undersized quarterback for the last, yeah. how long? Mm-hmm. Eight years? It, nine years? Ten years? As and long as he was accurate, he, it worked. Right. And he's been accurate. I, I like the... Oh God! Look who's Zach, here. Zach Gamer, come here, come here. Come we here. got a, we got another football person. Ladies, here. ladies and gentlemen, football sure? guru Zach Gamer is walking the door. What do you think about Baker Mayfield? Uh, see, uh, I really liked his last album. Son was, of a uh, bitch! <laughs> I knew it. I really liked that it was a uh, new wave post punk hardcore. <laughs> Really, really innovative, and I'm looking forward to the next Brockhampton album. Brock- <laughs> <laughs> thank uh, you, thank you for your insight. Uh, Baker Mayfield would never make it in Buffalo. Baker Mayfield will never make it in Cleveland. Baker Mayfield will never make it in Pittsburgh. He will probably never make it in New York either. Might make it in Arizona. He'll make it in New Orleans. I Definitely, saw. he would do a lot better in New Orleans. It's a dome, and yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't want him in Give Pittsburgh. Want, you want listen, to do what? To listen, get fucking crushed? No, no to always what, be running because I what? want because I want the touchdown celebration of him, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, and whoever replaces Le'Veon Bell next year <laughs> to <laughs> run down the sideline waving your arms because that's what he does when he throws touchdowns. He runs up to the guy and then he runs down the sideline waving his arms. That's what during his during the college football playoff game against Detroit, every touchdown he had, which was a receipt one of them was a receiving touchdown, by the way, I would find a gif, a random gif of Baker running down the sideline waving his arms. That's like that's his like Tebowing, I guess you could say. And I want him Don't make that comparison. I want no oh god. I want one. the Give one between the, him and baseball. Juju and Antonio. Because it would be really funny. And and then there would be like Martavis Bryant in the background, like, man, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be here. Why am I still here? Why didn't I get traded to the 49ers? Well, I mean, only to pitch Charles you away. Barkley's over the... there calling him a knucklehead. Yeah, seriously. Here's the reality: Baker Mayfield going to Pittsburgh, though he doesn't complete many touchdowns because he keeps getting swallowed up. I, I mean, I don't know. Oh, I don't know exactly yeah, how our offensive line will be in that that period. Of he'll time, he'll but be fast and scrambly, but he ain't gonna take he gonna to take the hits. Do the only good thing your team has done, which is what organize that offense whatever that offense is i i found that out today that keeping the egos in check yeah as much as i found that out today that the pittsburgh Steelers offense is pretty much just like hey i don't know (laughs) let's make it up as we go that was pretty juju smith schuster pretty much like confirmed that yeah that's on colin cowherd's show yesterday it it works like pittsburgh has so much raw offensive talent that like but it just the, works. But that's also that's also why Pittsburgh loses to teams like the Patriots, who oh, I don't know prepare. Yeah. And teams like Jacksonville, who just match up well. 
Yeah, well, that, that, but that's but that's part of why you love them, isn't it? It is. <laughs> it really is. I can't. I can't help the fact that if I like explained it to, if you knew me personally but didn't know anything about the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I explained to you like what, like as a football team, how they operate and what they do and the things they're known for, you'd be like, oh yeah, I can see why you like them. Yeah, yeah I can totally see it because they're just they're just annoying. Mm-hmm. Like I know, I actually know people who were turned off by like their touchdown celebrations. That's weird. It's so exciting. Like the the fact that it. the fact that the Steelers among I would probably say the Eagles, the Steelers, the Saints, and the Vikings were really like at, for most of the year ahead of everybody else when it came to the creativeness of the touchdown celebrations. The Chiefs had a cool one with the sack race, but that was about it. But, like, the Steelers had, like, the hide-and-seek one and, like, the bench press one, kind of making fun of James Harrison. That was great. The snow angels, the snowball fight. Oh, um, great. great uh, Juju chaining up his bike. <laughs> that was my favorite. <laughs> the reenactment of the hit on Vontez. All that stuff. Like, a lot of people were really mad. That's and stupid. I would see it constantly. Like, like Steeler it. fans. I would go on Twitter. People like, man, I hate the fact that my team's got to be this... This obnoxious and immature. I'm like, dude, it's fun. Shut up. <laughs> it's so fun. Like, the Minnesota Vikings, like, Thanksgiving dinner thing was amazing. Yeah. It was so, I like, Stefan Diggs jumping in the middle pretending to be the turkey. Mm-hmm. Like, that was so good. And, like, I know me and Corey fought about this too. The Saints with the group photo every time they got a turnover. Yeah. And then the Steelers kind of stole it. Everybody stole it. So many teams stole it. Yeah, a lot of teams did steal it. The Jags stole it. The Jags did steal it. The Vikings um, stole it. The Vikings did it once. The Eagles with the electric slide. Yeah, yeah. That was so that cool, was though. They all, like, ran onto the field and did it. I don't know how that... Like, there you can't still be penalized for celebrations if they're, like... Ri- you send half your team out onto the field to do the electric slide... <laughs> And you don't get flagged? Like, that's... Great. I thought it was awesome. Good. Anybody that was bitching about that, you need to go away. Yep. I go watch baseball. I don't believe the Eagles that said that they never rehearsed any of their... That's a lie. That's a... They at least had to go and say, like, hey, this week we're going to do the electric slide. And... This week we're... Ma- yeah. This, word of mouth. Yeah, yeah. This week we're all going to pretend to be bowling pins. And Zach Ertz is going to roll... The football at us, and we're all going to fall over. Like you don't just say, "Oh yeah, we don't rehearse that." Yeah, no, like, you, you totally do. Fuck off. I mean, even if you don't rehearse it, you at least talk about it. It's it's cool that you're a fan of a team that doesn't need to rehearse celebrations because you only ever do one. It's just the Lambo leap. Like you just unless you unless is there a better one? Um, yes. Yeah, I know. I love it. It's it's just. Well, we're about you, we're about, about history. How about this? Did you know that that that's actually one of like that that celebration is grandfathered in because that's illegal. You're not allowed to do that. Yeah, you're not allowed to. If any other like player from any other team jumps into the stands to celebrate a touchdown, that's flagged. But the the Lambo leap has been around for so long; it's grandfathered in, and they just allow the Packers to do it. I think my we, favorite. We love our history in Green Bay. It's yeah. very important. My favorite was the variation of the Lambo leap is when Robbie Anderson just jumped into the oh! empty section of the stands oh! and just sat down. Oh! <laughs> that was amazing. Put his feet up. Oh my god, <laughs> that was so awesome. 
Oh, that was so good. It was in Miami, wasn't it? I yeah. Think so. It was in yeah, Miami. Was in there Miami. was like an empty box on the thing. So he didn't he didn't technically jump into the crowd cuz it was empty. And yeah, he like put his feet up and stuff like that. Um I like Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson's a good player. Yeah. He just I liked, got in trouble, didn't he? Uh no, I think it was um I think whatever he was supposedly in trouble for was like not actually a big deal. I saw like if you you can look it up right now. Um but what other good celebrations were there that were know. like fun? We, oh, we do you remember the me? I know we did, but that's <laughs> that's what we did at the end of the thing. Me and your, me and your, one of our favorite players that isn't Joyke Bell for the Lions. I remember his oh, touch yeah, yeah. his touchdown celebration used to be he would get just in front of the stands and make everybody like wave their hands back and forth. That was his thing. That was fun. I liked that one, and that's he would get neat. flagged. That was a fun one. Yeah. Um, the. Uh, you're not allowed to dunk on the goalposts anymore. Jimmy Graham ruined that for everybody. Because Jimmy Graham just actually bent a goalpost. <laughs> which was insane. So people started to do the fadeaway jumpers. Yeah. Which I think is pretty fun. Yeah, that, that, those are nice. I like celebrations. I, they're back. That, yeah. We, we were talking about... um This, I guess, the, since we're talking about things that aren't flagged anymore. Real quick. Because um, we're almost coming up on two hours. Uh, yay or nay on the... To, well, okay, it's going to be a unanimous yay for the catch rule change. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, that's that's obvious. It's going to be a unanimous thing. Yay or nay on the change to counteract that change, because the NFL likes to do that a lot. Um, you make it easier on the offense. You also simultaneously have to make it easier on the defense, which is why when they made all the changes to the hitting type of stuff, when you can't hit people high, that's why they changed the catch rule. Both things happen simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that they're changing the catch rule, they got to make it a little easier on defenses. Uh, defensive pass interference. Yes. No longer a spot foul. It is now 15 yards. Yay or nay? Yay. Absolutely yay. What about you? I like it. You like it? Mm-hmm. Okay, because there are actually people that don't like it. People mm-hmm. that... Okay. <laughs> the people that don't like isn't it, it... Isn't a spot foul up to 15 yards? No. no. Like... It's a spot it, foul, period. Oh, no, no I'm it. sorry. It's a 15-yard penalty, period, no matter where it happens. Okay. It's like in college. Um... Whereas this, whereas it, currently in the NFL right now, it's a spot foul wherever it occurred. Yeah, which that's is... Where the, it's essentially a completed yeah. pass. I, I always kind of thought, thought that was from what I was anyway. reading, it was... It's it's spot foul until 15 yards, and that's the max. No. Um, no. It, I, it, as far as... We every, watched it, uh... They may not... The, was it the Super Bowl? Uh, you yeah. just got defensive pass interference, and they gave him, like, 40... Like, yeah. It was, like, 30 yards. It's it's not... It potentially might not happen this offseason. They're changing the catch rule this offseason. Uh, the defensive pass interference thing might be something they consider, might be something they try in the preseason. Kind of how they did with kickoffs two years ago. Um, and then they might do it in 2019. But the defensive pass interference thing, the guys that were complaining about... The people... I shouldn't say the guys. The people that were complaining about it were saying that, oh... Now what you're going to get in these two-minute drills are these defensive players are just going to mug offensive players coming off the line of scrimmage to avoid long completions. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. G- good. That, uh-huh, yeah, right. Isn't that cool? Defensive things happening. Team's not always coming back in the fourth quarter. Now, granted, giving up 15 yards over and over and over and over again well, is stupid. Work, especially depending on how quickly, like... If, it, you, if, you, if the offense, like, like, you know, like calibrates for that and then just right. like gets the ball off really quick towards some towards somebody where a defender's just mugging the fuck out of them guess what they got 15 yards for free let's run it again yeah and, and also referees uh more like it's happening more and more where referees in that situation don't don't like calling it 
unless it's really, really apparent, mm-hmm. it's never called on on Hail Marys ever. No, no. Matt, we we did the Super Bowl post Super Bowl thing episode like this, and Matt brought up the fact that there has never been a defensive penalty, defensive pass interference called in the second half of any Super Bowl ever. Yep. So referees know that, like in big moments like that. Guys are going to get held. Guys are going to get interfered with. Unless people are going to the ground, don't call it. So it's not going to be a big deal. If they don't do it this year, they should definitely do it next year. It's an awesome thing. It's one of the only things that separates college and pro football. I think it's it's the thing that college has better on football right now. I feel like, I just feel like it's it's really, that's a huge swing in an offense's favor. For for a spot foul on that because it, it's it, why it's it doesn't wh- guarantee that that pass was even catchable. It's anyway. why the New England Patriots beat the Jacksonville Jaguars in the AFC Championship game. That like that rule, one of the main. There's two reasons that and the uh, delay a game that the Jaguars had. But like that play, that yeah. rule is one of the reasons why the Patriots won yeah, they, that game. They went yeah. There was one play where they went like way up the fucking field. It's like 43 yards yeah. to Brandon Cooks when mm-hmm. A.J. Bouye pushed him out of bounds, but yep. didn't actually push him out of bounds. He ran him out of bounds like a good corner does. Yep, and then they got called, they called on it. it. Yeah. And then, yeah, that, that that fucked a lot of stuff up. Yeah. So, no, let's get rid of it. I'm, I'm, I'm make it flat 15 yards. That's I'm, good. I'm good with it. Best thing that college has over the NFL is... I know what Corey's going to say. No two-minute rolls. I can get with that though. See, but the, play the same game for sixty minutes. But college has that thing where every first down is they stop it. Okay, don't bring that. Like... We had we had <laughs> stop. <laughs> you have three timeouts. Yes. Use them. Like you don't get an I, extra free one. I. It's not a, sp- a specific team isn't getting it. Both teams get it. No yeah. one team gets it. Both teams get the timeouts. One 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 team gets that timeout. Every game. Okay, realistically, yeah, one team gets it because one team has to have the ball at that point. Mm-hmm. One the two minute warning at the second, like at the end of the second quarter, though, how like that doesn't really matter. No, that right? one, that one. I mean, I wouldn't mind if like there was just a two minute warning in the fourth quarter. Well, the second quarter is kind of weird, isn't it? I don't, I don't like how many rule changes there are in a two minute rule. Yeah, yeah, I feel like if it was just like a timeout at two minutes and then nothing else changed, that would probably you be spe- fine. You specifically don't like no coaches challenges. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, you. You you bitch to me about that like constantly. I kind of agree with that though because if something fucking happens, and the officials fuck up. You're just fucked. Yeah, especially that's in the last fair. two minutes of the game. Yeah, that's the call that happened against Detroit mm-hmm. in the Atlanta game. Where it's not lit, even, like, the least like basically Detroit got screwed. Mm-hmm. Like there isn't any way around it. Like Detroit got screwed because the rules in the final two minutes of an NFL game are weird. Yeah. And I, Detroit I should have easily won that game. And it would have actually... That that game had such huge implications because it would have kept the Falcons out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That law, that win alone kept the Atlanta Falcons in the playoffs. Genhart, you want to change any, any NFL rules? Uh, they should, uh, instead of the coin flip, they should do the runny thing from the XFL. The what? <laughs> uh... Did they do instead of a coin flip to see who gets the ball first? They did like a dog pile. Something stupid. I they did something stupid. They put the ball in the middle of the field and make them. Well, guess what? It. You'll be able. So to everybody watch the, would uh, get hurt. You yeah. know to watch the XFL in 2020, my dude. What Change a... the rule where they got us. They sit down during the anthem. That's a topic for another day. <laughs> That's <tough> for another <laughs> day. We've just ran over two hours. Any closing remarks, guys? Let's never have Genard here again. Oh, I, I agree. 
Um, <laughs> I don't know. Baker Mayfield to Pittsburgh. That's all I. That's it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I have one. Uh, since we, we were here, here on the topic of Baker Mayfield, um, you might be him, you might him, be wrong, but you might be right. Put him in a dome. That's all. Put him in a dome. All right. Thank you guys. Uh, hopefully, very soon here, we're going to start doing regular football stuff. Once football starts kicking into high gear, we'll probably do. Uh, once the draft's over and a lot of the off-season changes have happened, we'll probably get together and see how we did, if you guys would like to do that. I would do it. It'd be fun. We could go check mark through the list and see where uh, you're wrong, you're right. Talk about how wrong we were. And uh, Maybe that, you two. Not me. <laughs> oh, man. You're already wrong today. Listen, man. <laughs> but I was also... Never mind. I was also right. Twice. Maybe three times. I don't know. Goodbye, everybody. Uh, goodbye. Have a good day. I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.